Welcome to episode 415 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with Michael and Gemma. Hello, Gemma. Hi, it's spoiler free. It is spoiler free. We're not talking about any spoilers about Coronation. It's so spoiler free, we haven't even watched Friday's episode. We don't want to know what happens because we don't want to... Uh, we're just recording this beginning a bit early. I'm sure it's great. We're be biased. No, uh, we're we will be watching Friday's episode in a bit. And talking about it, yeah. what else are we going to say? We're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 20th and the 24th of April, which are episode numbers 10,000 to 51, oh, 10,051 <laughs> to 10,053. And in our bonus podcast this week, which will be available right now as you're listening to this, you can catch an interview that I did with Stephen Arnold. Yeah! Yeah, I know. Ashley Peacock himself. Ten years, Gemma, ten years since I the know. Uh, joinery collapsed on top Since of him he so heroically held up the roof for everybody to know, escape like atlas i was talking about it and thinking i can't believe it's been 10 years but the amount of kind of you know 60th anniversary stuff that's kind of going around and speculation and everything at the moment it's like Yes, that does make sense that it's been exactly 10 years since the 50th anniversary. Uh, but I loved, exactly, yeah. loved Ashley Peacock and um, it was a real pleasure to be able to talk to him uh, just this morning. We chatted about um, his new uh, short film series, um, Thick as Thieves, which you haven't uh, watched the rest of um, earlier this week, didn't we? Yes, we did watch Very it. enjoyable. It is, it is not family friendly. It's got swearing and everything. There are some very rude jokes. There are, but it's great. Um, so yes, we talked about that. We talked about um, what he's been up to since Corrie, and obviously we had a, a good old chinwag about Coronation Street itself. Um, so if Thanks you, very much if you enjoyed... to Stephen Arnold for, yes, for agreeing to um, be interviewed by our lovely Michael. Yes, and if you were a if you were an Ashley Peacock fan, then don't forget, get that downloaded, go and listen to it, um, and it'll also be available on YouTube in a few days. So Gemma, yeah. how are you doing? I'm great. Do you want to do a quiz? <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else other than great? No. Nope. Just great. Right. Just great. So this is a quiz for things that have happened between the 20th and the 24th of April. And years ending in a zero and a five. And I've got my source is coronationstreet.fandom.com. Your one-stop shop for all things that happened in Coronation Street. Especially if you like to go by date. <laughs> my first question is... 20th of April 2015, the first appearance of which character who Roy meets at the allotments? Kathy. Kathy. Is it Kathy's? Um, oh gosh, what's her surname? Matthews. Yeah. Is it five years since Kathy? Oh, it is say. five years. Yes, it is. It's weird because it feels like about she's five. been in it longer. Feels about <laughs> half as long as it's been since we've seen Ashley last on the street, <laughs> I would say. What roughly. Was, what was Kathy's husband's name? Oh. Is uh, that like a howl, a wolf howl? Ah, oh, she banged on about him so much at the beginning as well. Because he just died, didn't he? Yeah. I, 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 what's the first letter? No, you tell me his name. I don't know what his name is. Guess, what? just say a man's name. <laughs> I'm thinking like Arthur, but I don't know why. Oh, so close. Is it? It's Alan. Oh. Yeah, so if you just said starts with that, it'd be like, yes, I know, it's definitely Alan. Arthur. Alan, I remember right. saying Alan there. What was Cathy's secret? She was a secret hoarder. Yeah. The secret is I'm a secret hoarder. Yeah. 21st of April 1975. Which child escapes from Scotland to return to their father in Weatherfield? I can only presume it's Peter Barlow. Yeah. 
funny to see him pop up. 21st of April 1980. Who forms the Coronation Street Secretarial Bureau? <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. The Coronation Street Secretarial they got Bureau. Bought out by Staples. Um, Emily. Yes, well, that's one of them. Was it really? Yeah. Sort of thing that she'd get involved in. Oh, uh, yeah. Was Ernest dead by She's then? She's like, oh, wait. I think he might have been. Uh, Coronation Street Secretarial Bureau, but as long as there are no hijinks involved. I don't know who you know she would have filmed, she would have set it up with. Someone else a bit mousy? Um, Mavis? No, it was Deirdre. Uh, bit mousy, how about uh, you? She was in this, in, yeah, she was. <laughs> she, shut up. 22nd of April, 2005. Why is Tommy Harris's body exhumed? Because... She'd hid a wrench inside the coffin. Yes, Angela had. To find the murder weapon. Yeah. 23rd of April, 2010. Who does Sophie start dating? Uh, must be uh, Sean. What's her surname? Powers. Yeah, it is. I believe. Sean Powers. 20... I'll tell you what, that would be a good... Because it obviously would have been a lesbian wedding if they got married. And you can choose who takes whose name. I think I would have picked Powers over Webster. Oh, I know. Sophie Powers. <laughs> Sophie Powers. Sophie Powers. <laughs> She's a Christian and lesbian. <laughs> ten Why years was that later, I've never made? <laughs> ten years later, and they've still not had a proper lesbian wedding. No. Friends with the account, Rana and Kate, I mean. I don't. I don't. No. Well, they didn't get married, did they? <laughs> no. No. If only Billy had been there. 24th of April, 2015. Which couple have a second successful attempt at a wedding? What was the date? 24th of April, 2015. Um, uh, mm, I don't know. And that wasn't that long ago. 2015, who got married? Um... Uh, I really don't know. This is terrible. Can you give me a little clue? Um, they've got the same initials as us. No, I'm just thinking <laughs> Carrie and Maria. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can't get it with that, you're never going to get it. That's really terrible. Should I be ashamed of myself? Well, you should do now, giving you the really obvious clue. Yeah. Right, Goom. that's enough. You, go, now, go on. Gail and Michael. Uh, <laughs> yeah. even have the same well, name, the same name as me. Right, tw- final question. Terrible. 24th of April, 2005, sorry. Mm-hmm. What did Candice Stowe think was the main thing stopping her from being a weather girl? Oh, this is a really obscure question. So what? Um, you either know the answer or you don't. I don't know the answer. Take a wild guess. Um, she didn't know anything about meteors. <laughs> no, she thought her name was holding her back. Oh, I thought that she would have been a bit dense and thought that meteorologists had to do with space. What did I get? Eight out of 12. Uh, That's not bad. 75%. Right, we've got some good birthdays and a nice anniversary. 25th of April is William Roach's birthday. He plays Ken Barlow. 26th of April is Jonathan Kaplan's birthday. He played Martin Chavesky. Okay. And on the 26th of April, in the year 2000, 
Jack P. Shepherd made his first appearance as David Platt. Ah, uh, did he? So it will be his 20-year anniversary. Ah. 27th of April, Chrissy Bond, who played Jenna Kamara. 28th of April is Kyron Bowes, who is the Jack Webster III. Yes. And the 30th of April is Tanisha Gorey's birthday, who plays Asha Allahan. Ah, she's... So she can have a happy birthday, safe in the knowledge that she is doing a bloody great job at at work. She can. I hope that somebody gives her a lovely big drink. Not very many people of her age can say that they've got experience in career success at that age. So (laughs) good job, Tanisha. You're doing amazing. Happy birthday to all those people. Right, so we better get on and talk about this week's Coronation Street. Oh, actually, it's a light, isn't it? Because we're going to have a little pause, watch Coronation Street in a bit, and then talk about this week's might Coronation Street. Dinner. We might even have some dinner in the meantime, mm. so we'll see you later. Street dot time. Welcome to the future. Time has passed. A few hours have passed. Still haven't had our dinner yet, but that's to come later. Um, we have got five stories to talk about in this week's Corrie, although, to be honest, the uh, Asher Flashes one certainly took the lion's share of screen time this week, didn't it? Not mm-hmm. that I'm complaining. Really good, I really enjoy it, I'm really oh, enjoying it. Oh, brilliant, really, really. Can you say that about the storyline, it's quite traumatic. Well, when when you have performances like that, absolutely. Sorry, I'm just staring at my gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody noticed, darling. <laughs> Um, so we'll start off talking about that one. Then we'll have the uh, Stillwater carry-on story, which is kind of ironic storyline title, I thought, because it's not carrying on anymore after oh, that no. rather abrupt ending this week. We'll get Blimey. to that. Johnny Scott issues um, will come up next. Still don't know what those issues are, in fact. Uh, I don't know how long we will know, uh, when we will know that as well, because it seems that he and Jenny have... Um, absconded. Absconded en France. Um, so to, to you know, put the revelation of that for, for a later date. Um, I Do Take Two is the storyline title for Tim and Sally's second wedding. But I suppose also when Tim got married to two brides, he said, I do take two. And I think the vicar was like, ah. Give it a bit of space in between, Tim. Come on. Leave some for the rest of us. <laughs> and then we'll finish off with the Yaz lighting story, which resumed um, in tonight's episode. So Gemma. The, ish, the um, Asher Flashers storyline resumed the night after <clears throat> last week's raucous party. So I will leave up to you to tell our listeners about what happened. On Monday, Asher is still looking at her messages. They're just coming, they're rolling in. It's like being Instagram famous, except you, you're not getting any sponsorship money. <laughs> it's like being Donald Trump the night after the press conference <laughs> when you tell everybody to inject domestos. <laughs> Why do they keep talking about me? <laughs> Shut up, you. Ardy bursts into her room and he is... A bit hyped up. He calls we, her. We have Addy and a Paddy on Monday's episode, don't we? And Wednesdays, in fact. Yeah, he calls her a stupid, stupid cow. Not very supportive. He said he blames her, but she. I don't think says, that's very supportive of their Hindu religion, actually, because aren't cows um, sacred? sacred? She just says thanks. That's a compliment. I know I am, but what are you then? <laughs> um, so yeah, he blames her, and she says, "I didn't know he was recording it." She tries to defend herself. Poor Asha, she has been thrown into the pits of hell, hasn't she? Yeah. Ardy is doesn't care. He's doing his nut. De- Dev comes in to find out what's happened. And he, yeah, she's like, still, nothing, uh, nothing. He's got no moment. idea at this point that his entire life is about to take a turn for the worse. She, he reminds, uh, so this is Dev reminding Ar- Asha that she has to be, she's supposed to be volunteering at Victoria Gardens. And she tries to get out of it and says... 
dad there's no point in me going it's literally just a, a collection of about 10 teenagers that sit around with reflective jackets on inside of a park the size of a living room doing nothing except fighting each other i think i can swerve it with no real harm done i did think that there was um yeah a bit of for us to believe there that all of these teens who happened to be the ones at the party had also agreed on their easter holidays um to do nothing in a park well, just to go and, and volunteer, it was bizarre. Yeah, but to volunteer to do what, Michael? There was nothing to do. There was that massive weed, Gemma, that There is that found. giant dandelion. Is I that don't still know that's there? Still, I'm, I'm going to have words with her parents. If you were Mary, that would have been the first thing you would have ordered them to, uh, to get sorted. So, Dev, t- Tracy tells Dev about the fact that vodka, there was vodka at the party. And that Ardy took it. Yeah, and he disappears off home because he realises that Ardy's stolen it. He starts to um, ask him questions. Ardy denies it. Asher takes his side. Dev doesn't Which believe them. Which you kind of have to, really, because um, uh, she thinks, well, if I drop my brother in it about the vodka, he's going to drop me about, in it about, about the boobs. The whole stripping thing. Dev doesn't believe them, and they both get grounded for the rest of the holidays, except for the volunteer thing. So Asha has to go. She shows up looking very uncomfortable along with Ardy and she just sits there with Amy looking miserable. Kelly's there. It's because everybody else is there. Everybody has seen her, her video, haven't they? Yeah. Kelly, Kelly's there, just to remind everybody, she is the one who took Corey's phone. She is Rick Nealon's daughter who Gary is paying supposedly the... Oh, so he thinks. ...the school fees for. Um... But she's the one that took Corey's phone and, and sent the the video of Asha stripping to everybody in the group chat. She is still pretending that Tori is the one who sent the video. Um, one of the guys at the gardens calls Asha a slag. Ardy lays into him and then says, she is a slag, and storms off. Oh, teenage confusion. <laughs> Dev finds Asha and Amy on their lunch break in the cafe and um, this is when Asha finds out that her video is in a por- on a porn site. Not not just any porn site, Gemma. It's a dodgy one. Yeah, it's not one of those straight up um, reputable It's not types. a reputable one. Um, also... Not the sort that you'd like find the naked videos of Claudia on or anything like that. <laughs> Hottotty.com. <laughs> um, I think it was also described as a minging porn site and another adjective at some point a later point during the week but I've forgotten the third one (laughs) mingingporn.com paedophilic (laughs) yes it is technically legally it is on Wednesday Corey comes into the cafe finds out about the video being on some skanky so it's skanky dodgy and minging I've written it down here (laughs) skanky dodgy minging (laughs) porn.com please come and enjoy our wares yeah if you put um, conversation street in the the checkout box and you buy your premium subscription you get 10% off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, use our discount code. Let them know we sent you. <laughs> he says... I, I, I was wondering through this, and I don't know whether they made it really clear, was... Because you're obviously not allowed to upload um, videos like that of under-18s. Yes. Um, and I wonder whether it was uploaded... Whether whether they thought that she was 18, or wh- whether it... They? Uh, you know whether the people whether the, the site whether the hosts oh, of course not this is the trouble there are there are lots of websites that have videos uploaded by various people um of their own doings mm. and they can't really vet them and the only way really to get them taken down is to contact the the site in question and say this is you know it's either illegal in some manner or it depicts um unconsensual mm. 
situations there, there's a massive problem with websites and, and this that i'm sure they oh, sure. That i'm sure that the, the the sites themselves wish there was a way of making sure but you know at the same time if they weren't making so much money off of it you know i'm sure they could find a way of doing it I like how you described it as people showing their doings online. It makes it sound like something <laughs> toilet related. Are you not no, confusing it with bigpileofpoo.com? Um, that would be their leavings. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Corey says, I, I swear I didn't share it. I really like you. Um, but then who was it? This is the mystery. It's like Who was it? Who could it have been? It's like who pushed Ken except we how know. How many other main characters were there at that party? Was it pl- Pastel Blue? Was it Pastel Blue? I believe that Pastel Blue may be into bluemovies.com. That's, that's <laughs> our porn site, pastelbluemovies.com. Oh, We're being far too irrelevant. Irreverent, I know, not irrelevant. This is very never serious. Done. We're never irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on top of it? On the pulse. <laughs> right, so they soon realise it might be Kelly and Amy wants to go and make a fuss about this and she storms out goes off on one, she gets the bin bag and she empties it all over Kelly, which infuriates everybody, of course, because they are only there because they care about the environment. <laughs> They've been spending all morning filling up half a bin bag together. We've, look at all those Quaver packets on the floor. Thanks so much, Amy. <laughs> Turns into a scrap because it, Kelly's like, not only did you throw this at me, but you're also ruining Mother Earth at the same time. <laughs> um, Gary has to come over and break it up because he's obviously got a vested interest in Kelly's welfare. So he's he's loitering creepily around her. So whenever anything goes on with her, he just happens to be there. Happens to be there. Look, Kelly, I murdered your dad. I just feel responsible for you. It's how it works. No, he doesn't mention that. But whenever anybody this week does mention, whenever she mentions her dad, the camera pans to Gary. He's like, look, viewers, remember, he killed her dad and and her in the woods. And that is why Gary doesn't have a tie on. Because he'd be going, trying to loosen it around his neck. Um, Yeah, Gary breaks it up. Amy threatens, Kelly threatens Amy with her dad. And then we cut to Gary going, Um, no. Dev comes over. Asha says the fight started when she called Kelly a lazy cow for not working. And Dev takes Asha home. Gary stays and says to Kelly, what, look, and this is a question that I'm more interested in in this whole thing. Why aren't you at Oak Hill? And she just says, why would you care? So you say you're more interested in this. And I and last week, I think I was as well. But while this story was going on this week, whenever Gary waded in, it's like, go away, Gary. You're not part of this story. I'm not in... I'm not interested in this. He's no, just no, I'm around. interested in the, in the story. I'm, in, I'm really interested in the Asher stuff. But the mystery for me is, why is she not at Oak Hill? And that is really I still just, on my mind. Why I just wish that that mystery wasn't mixed up with all the Asher stuff. It just felt like... It was yeah, it was being um, artificially inseminated into the story. Grim. David catches Max looking at the video on his phone and says, look, you better delete that immediately because he knows. <laughs> the way he says delete it immediately makes me think David's had prior with child porn on his phone, which can't be right. He obviously just knows the law is not on their side here. Delete delete it immediately. Plus, he realises that he has to go and I tell Dav. I, Dev. I know that I've written here he uh, delete it immediately, but I don't know whether he actually does say that now because I think he when he goes to tell Dev he later... He, he says, says he's going to delete it. Yeah. yeah, I know, but I think he does tell him to, to delete okay. it. Um... Now, poor David here, what a task. Bit of a quandary. To tell, well, he, he to, to his credit, it's not a quandary, is it? He immediately knows he has to do the right thing. It's just mm. trying to get ha- it through to Dev. Yeah. He's wittering on about giving him a cup of tea and all this rubbish. And He's like, oh, children kids these aren't days. responsible, aren't they? Blah, blah, blah. And David says, look, I've, I've, I've got to tell you, I'm here for a reason. 
Do you, there is a reason why I'm here and us two never, ever have any scenes together. Didn't, isn't this a clue, Dev? Just to let you know, your daughter's on a, um, has a, on, on my son's phone taking her clothes off. He found it, not me. Just saying. <laughs> I, he also I, know, says, I know my wife is, has been away for a few months now and, you know, a guy can get lonely, you know, but it was you know, definitely Max that Dev. found this. Um, he, he also says, I haven't watched it, I haven't watched it. Ugh. Um, Dev, predictably, not very happy with this. Asha's upstairs looking at her phone in her room, a series of messages just scrolling over the screen. Um, hey, sexy, got any more videos, jailbait, etc. I don't think that anybody on that chat group knows that you can take off capital letters. See, I they at least they're not using text speak because I thought that is a very old fashioned way to, way to talk. I don't think kids I, yeah, use text speak. I, I don't know, and maybe some of our younger listeners will have to tell us, but I don't think that kids use text speak anymore. Which, when no, but sometimes reason... on shows, they still do have them using it and yeah. it feels. It's because well, it's easier not to no, these days, no, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. In the old days, it was easier to use TechSpeak because, you, because you had to press the each key like five times to get one letter. I didn't care. I still never used I it. I never used TechSpeak. Your mum did, though, didn't she? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so You even told me off for spelling OK, and you commented on this oh, today, I didn't you? Think. I used to write no, O and K for OK. No, no, you no. Said, no. Look... We're going to have a tangent. I'm, I'm with you on all right, but okay. All right, two words. Okay, to me, it should be spelt phonetically, which is O-K-A-Y. But if you're going to be pedantic about it and spell it O-K, you need to put that in capitals because the original origin of that phrase was the initials O and K. Was it? Yes. You look what? it up. Look it up. I will. If you want to use, if you just want to do that, it has to be in capitals. That's my, just my opinion. <laughs> I didn't know this. I'm going to find out. Yeah, you should later. look it up. Um, <laughs> what were we, what talking, were we talking about? about? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dev comes in. He is absolutely livid. I thought this oh, yeah. was really well done because his initial response is completely off the handle, absolutely furious, can't believe this is happening, and very, very human and not the correct way to handle it. But... The way a lot of people yeah would. this is how this is very natural i feel she de- he demands her phone she refuses he says i want to know everything and she knows what's going on he's found out that she's recorded this video and she won't look at him she doesn't want to look him in the eye and she says look i did take the video but it was meant to be private and he's like who did this and then who uploaded this she says it was Corey's phone, but it, a girl called Kelly was the one that posted this to everybody and shared it. And then the most devastating... This is, like, as a goody two-shoes, and I'm sure you're the same, the most devastating line ever delivered by a parent. Can you can you please deliver it in Deb's no, voice? No, I can't. No, I'm not going to. Okay. He says, I've been really proud of you recently, but I'm not proud today. I'm ashamed. I'm disgusted. And your mother would be too. <sighs> <laughs> I can feel my heart shrivel. Two sizes smaller. I can't cope. <laughs> Even worse because, as we all know, dear Sunita, the saint is dead. I saw um, Shobna said something on... I can't remember whether it was on social media, whether she was interviewed for a show or something this week, but she's like, I oh, know I've been mentioned because whenever I go on Twitter and and I've got a load of mentions, it means that Dev's mentioned Sunita. <laughs> one of the kids has done something. <laughs> um, so he comes back later. He's calmed down a little bit and he is just looking for answers. Why did you do it, honey? Please talk to me. 
And she says, I just wanted him to like me. Oh, the scenes were so, like, I'm sure... Because, like, be, you know, girls and their dads. Oh, my God. The, the relationship there. Just this... Because Dev obviously knows what it's like to be a perverted boy. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. He's, he's, he's got a cheek got to come back and shot. say, like, why would, why would you do such a thing? Like, Dev, if girls never did anything like this... Where would you have been? Your youth would have been much more boring and grey, <laughs> wouldn't it? Girls aren't the... Boys aren't the only ones that have got a sex drive. She says, I've never been able to get a boy's attention before. She says, I'm not very good looking. I'm not attractive. Boys don't fancy me. This is how I could get a boy to like me. And they this really is it. sowed the seeds of this. It was about a year ago when Corey really first amazing. came into it, didn't they? Really when he was good. fancying Amy. I wonder Great. how far in advance this part of the story was thought out. I wonder whether the Skin Lightning story was a bit of an audition to see whether mm. Tanisha Gori was up to the challenge of this well, very difficult storyline and she really has done a great job. Both Dev and, yeah, so so um, Asha ends the, the episode sobbing in Dev's arms. Just the, Just like disappointing your dad like that is just the most devastating and also he's not got like a partner he can't sort of like offload this and go look sunita yeah you're a woman you talk to her about this this is all women's things i don't i can't you know i think the sobbing into his arms was also a bit of the relief that he's not that he mad at her yeah he's not mad at her exactly at least she's got him on her side because asha's definitely a goody two shoes isn't she pretty much i mean she's no she's no summer spellman (laughs) But <laughs> nobody nobody is as good as summer mm. well this is that we don't we don't really know very much about asha and ardy they've been in the show for so long but yes this we is... do i think asha's sort of very assertive and she's also i feel i feel a bit of a kinship to her really because she's a mouthy assertive girl but she also is a bit of a goody two-shoes and she really craves um outside approval and she wants to please the, her parents and you know? she, she's not a nasty cow, is she? She's not. She's not. She she wants to be liked. Yeah. And this is the trouble about girls. I know boys have a pressure too, but girls really spend most of their days being told you have to be likable. People have to like you. Have to be nice and do what you're told. Yeah, and she's had a bit of a hard upbringing. What with her mum being burnt to a crisp. No, she wasn't burnt to a crisp, was she? She was burnt a little bit. She was bit. burnt, and then had her she was burnt around the edges. And of course, she does have daddy issues in that. Deb is her daddy. That's, <laughs> That's an issue. <laughs> exactly. So on Friday, she's, Asha... Asha is... Um, no, Deb wants to go to the police, but Asha refuses to even go there. Ardy comes into the room again to have a go at her and calls her an embarrassment. And I love this because she takes him on and says, you can talk. You should try deleting your, brow- your, brow- your browser history. I might be, I don't know... I don't know what she calls herself, but at least I'm not a hypocrite. Because really, where do you think all these pictures on the internet of naked girls come from? It's still someone's sister, someone's mum, someone's daughter. Mm. If you look at these pictures, you cannot criticise women for making them. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. So I'm glad that she called out his hypocrisy. And, and, you know... That particular scene there showed, even in this early stage, what a good relationship I think that Adam and Tanisha have has got as well as a, as a brother and sister pairing. I think uh, more is to, hopefully to come for those two. They're, they're, they're a good match. Another scene that I really, really liked 
was when Liz is talking about Liz and Dev are talking about Asher and he's talking about how he thought this would be like counselling would be the silver bullet and everything would be fine. He's kind of taken his eye off the ball, hasn't he? he well, he, doesn't he say like, this is way too complicated. Mm. Like, and I, this is what I think. I really feel like I could raise a child okay if it was the 80s, but I cannot understand society now and I don't think social media. It's such a difficult mi- like minefield. I feel... I know. I don't know how you I do it. I wouldn't be able to do it. It's I, terrifying. I, hats off to parents because that's one of the things that terrifies me about raising a kid and the song that makes me think I wouldn't be able to do it because it changes all the time and they're under such different pressures to the way to the ones we were under. It's yeah. It's and every generation ca- it's incomparable is the same. to what we had to go through. No, I through. know. Yeah. Every every generation has this. The, these challenges though don't they yeah. our parents had challenges that you know like oh the kids are on their computer games again whatever <laughs> using shall the bloody we phone do? line yeah my dad <laughs> used to get furious at me for doing that so yeah he's he thinks he's a rubbish dad and you know such pressure on him too mary is defending asher to tracy because tracy's there talking about her you know oh I can't believe she did this can't believe she did that and and Mary does a really good job of sort of I guess I guess Tracy is supposed to be the people in the audience that still don't have any sympathy whatsoever for Asher and Mary is like the voice of reason saying look children are under pressure that you can't even begin to understand and if you were in that situation who knows what you would do also your your kid's the one that hosted the party she should have just said well she hasn't killed anyone tracy (laughs) yeah (laughs) calm down (laughs) so yeah that was i thought that was really good ardy phones mary yeah uh, mary gets phone call i think because ardy ardy and asher were both pretty much raised by mary as well as as dev i would say more by mary so he he asks her over, so um, then they have to. Ardy and Mary have to go to the shop and drop the bombshell to Dev that this video not only has it been shared amongst the teens, but it's also been put online on one of those skanky, dodgy, minging porn sites. So Dev decides to go to the police, and he takes Mary with him, and he tells them he wants to report a sex crime. The officer confirms that putting the video online was illegal. And says, but it's a bit more difficult than you imagine because, unfortunately, not only did everyone else commit a crime, but so did Asha because she created child pornography. And Dev's not happy to hear this. I'm sure many, um, many parents would not be happy to hear that there is no protection for children who have found themselves in this situation. No, he's found himself in a bit of a catch twenty two with us. Does really he? feel as though the law's blind on this issue don't you think yeah. there should be some kind of recognition of the fact that these things are created it's, oh. it's one of these things that you know Mind it might field. take a while for the law to catch up I know. on and yeah. may, maybe when the current generation's teens you know grow up to be the ones making the rules by that point we'll have holographic porn won't we so there'd be no point <laughs> <laughs> so the next stage 
they they say is they have to interview Asha, Corey and Kelly because they're all the ones involved in it. And they point out, look, we can't just shut down this website, but we can give you details for a charity that might be able to help you, which just seems so absolutely useless. But it, that, knowing it, what it, you that's know, how it came across, yeah. isn't it? It's just well, like, no, yeah. take this can't leaflet, do anything about it, But, you know, this is how, like, as somebody who spends a lot of time on the internet, this is realistically how the internet works. There's no such... You can't just go to the, some door and knock on it and sort of unplug somebody's computer and take a a website off the internet so mm. how it works once it's out there you probably can't really stop it yeah like nothing we can do but if you have issues with what happens then why don't you go to itv.com slash advice <laughs> that's probably what the, the, the leaflet was wasn't it uh okay so not really helpful here gary goes to see kelly and he starts to ask her more about what's going on because he feels responsible for her yeah she's knocking on uh, deb's door she is worried that she that asher's gonna think that she's the one that put the video on the internet so he takes her to the shop and then they start talking about Oak Hill and she starts saying, oh, you know, I never fitted in there. They called me a chav. Everyone went to Covershall for skiing. Oh, yes, I'd love to go there. <laughs> just pretend. But you never could because you're just a chav. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> With aspirations. <laughs> so she, she, got, she gets kicked out because, crucially, here we go, the money has stopped coming from her dad. Plus, her mum owes them five grand. So, now, here is the big question mark for me. The, this is the side issue that really fascinated me. Where's this money gone? Who's responsible? Unfortunately, because Coronation Street can sometimes get a bit hazy with the details, I don't think this is somehow Oak Hill fraudulent, like the accounting department has decided well, I to... Think, I think that our Charles from Stillwaters is on the Board of Governors at Oak Hill. <laughs> Probably. You know what I mean? Because Siphon it off logic- into his own personal account. Logically speaking, it really only makes sense that the the money has been in- intercepted at the source because Gary knows he's been paying it. Yeah, it's going somewhere. So it's gone somewhere. So it's got to the school. So somebody at the school must have been filching it. But that can't be the actual reason because there's no character that's been established that works at Oak Hill. No. And and it really would be a weird storyline to divulge now, to, to, to divert into let's have <laughs> fraudulent school fees at, at Oak Hill. I, I don't think, and it's probably for the best, that we've been given the finer details about how the money is getting from Yes, Gary exactly. to Oak Hill. He would so have had to have created some kind of weird shell company or some kind of... You can't just go, yeah, you know, you know Rick Nealon, can you just change it to Gary Windass at uh, Barclays? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, code. is it something to do with Sharon? Well, the Sh- Sharon's the mum. No, 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 no Sharon, Sharon's, Sharon's the, co- the, the, um, yeah. the co-worker of Rick the who now has her own uh, shark, loan shark business. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't make any sense, really, because Sharon couldn't phone up Oak Hill and go, oh, yeah, I'm Kelly's mum, can you please give me the money back? What if... Or maybe that's what happened. When somebody on the finance department at Oak Hill is actually in um, dire monetary straits themselves, they go to Sharon Ah. to be their loan shark, and she's like, well, you don't need to pay me back um, from your money, but if you can get me the money straight from... That Maybe. Really make sense. Not really, but anyway, we'll, I'm sure we'll find out in due course. The mum owes them five grand. Oh dear. So Gary and Kelly go back into the street and Dev sees her and starts having a go at her, but Dev stops them. And this is when... Yeah, Gary stops them. Gary stops them. And this is when Dev sort of like... I guess he's kind of insinuating there's this weird 
relationship going on here is like how come you are her knight in shining armor what is this relationship between you two i think he's trying to say there's something untoward going on here i don't know whether he is or not i didn't well, i didn't <laughs> get that i just thought well he's, he's like, like going why, why are you, are you what's sticking it to your do nose with you? in yeah yeah bugger off this has nothing to do with you this is just some random girl to you he's just mad at the world at the moment oh and, yeah and, well i don't blame and him. gary's there to you know take the flack at the moment i don't think he really suspecting it's just like yeah bugger off like you said and gary says oh i went to school with her mum or something yeah nice <laughs> you never went to school gary wind us ash overhears deb shouting that kelly's in trouble with the police and she she's like, what are you talking about, Dad? And he says, look, I've got something really awful to tell you. Your video is on a website. And she's like, I know. I didn't say, I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to give up on me. But oh. also, this is when she finds out that Deb's gone to the police, even though she asked him not to. And she thinks this is going to make everything worse. Mm. But let's face it, her street cred's in the bin already. It doesn't really matter if she grasses up her of schoolmates yeah. look, look what needs under- to happen is he needs, definitely needs to put his hands in his pockets and get some of that corner shop um, franchise money and send her to Oak Hill oh yeah why not But if Gary can afford to do it I Dev mean, can like he was saying though this video is going to follow her forever it's not just like if you you know take her from one school and plop her in another one everything's going to be hunky dory because I'm sure that the people of Oak Hill there's a chance that they'll have seen it as well. I mean, maybe not necessarily, unless it, unless this dodgy, skanky, manky porn site was a, a Manchester-based one. I suppose there's a chance that they they wouldn't have seen it. But or equally, some of the people who, you know, there might be some Oak Hill children who mingle in similar circles to where the high children. Mingle. So the, so the word the may well probably get got through out. to them, but... It's not, it's not like you can never remove something from the internet because if somebody really wants it to be known, they will find a way of doing it. The thing is, Asha doesn't, Asha's enemies aren't actually interested in making sure that this stays on the internet. It was only Kelly that did it. And so it's not like there's somebody maliciously trying to ruin her reputation. Well, here. it wasn't Kelly that put it on the internet, was it? That's we still true. don't we know don't who know that who was. At the, that. at the end Good of the point. day, I don't think it really matters who it was. I think, you know, there were, it, this, this video has got round to hundreds of people, maybe at this point, and one anonymous person has put it online. Maybe it was pastel blue. I, I don't know. I'm only wondering that because there doesn't seem to be any particular reason for the t- for them to have brought her back into the story. Exactly. Exactly. But I do believe that it wasn't Kelly, and obviously it wasn't Corey either. So unless it's going to be just some rando, which it could have been, then yeah, maybe pastel. Yeah, weird. I don't think it particularly matters at the moment. I mean, the video is up there, and and I know. I don't. I just don't know how you come back from something like that. No, I don't know. You because, I mean, they're, they're in the Easter holidays now, aren't they? But when she returns to school, the, they, they won't be on to the next thing as much as anybody will probably try and use that line on Asher. They'll forget about it. It'll be it'll be next week's chip paper, uh, digital chip paper. I know, it's difficult. So so what did you think of um, Jimmy Harkison's performance oh, as Dev there? He really so is good. great at dramatic scenes when he gets he given is, them. Which isn't very often, is it? But he can he can really do them. I thought he was fantastic. Um, it just it reminds me of that scene, um, you know, the, 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 the classic scene of Deirdre in the Ginnel with um, Dev back from the early 2000s when she's um, sort of talking about her life with Ken and everything and it's all very kind of serious iconic scene and she's just puffing away there and it, it seems like that they remind you that as much as 
uh, an idiot dev can be sometimes, Jimmy still can pull it out of the bag. He just I goes thought... over the top when he's given the chance to be funny, I think, sometimes. And sometimes I don't really mind it, to be honest. I thought this was so believable and so, well, it was such a kind of, it's like a snow globe of, like, you can shake it and, and it was just a vignette of father, daughter, strife. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, this kind of, like, he wants to protect her. He's There's this whole thing. The, the, the thing I always think is a bit grim is, like, you know, male relatives trying to police their female relatives um sexuality and their sex lives and things but um there's definitely this old school belief of protecting the purity of the women of your family Mm. like i said last week on the podcast i feel just so bad for dev as well because he's desperately trying to you know be be their single dad fulfill both roles Yeah, yeah yeah exactly um yeah, I really like the way that he came in, guns blazing, and having a go at her. Just couldn't believe that, that like, you wouldn't believe it of Asha as well. Like, everything Dev knows about her, you would think that she was so sensible. And the fact that she was worried about her appearance, you would never would think that she would make a video like that for somebody that could then be taken and put on the internet. Um, just the fury of, of kind of the betrayal, I guess, that he thinks. And how could you be so stupid? You've ruined your life and you're so young. Mm. And, and the, reason, the simple later, reasons that she gives through it, just I, I thought it would make him like me. I've, yeah, I know. Nobody's it's ever liked me. It's heartbreakingly like, innocent and, yeah, and naive. That, that, that must make sense to you. And and T- Tanisha's performance of it continues to, to wow me. They've Asha comes across as a an intelligent young lady who's just made a really really bad mistake and and even the fact that when dev came in and, and had a go at her she didn't do dissolve into tears like oh i'm sorry she daddy or anything herself. she she did she was she didn't really want to look at him but she was saying i it, she was, it was like supposed defiant. to be yeah yeah, yeah but, okay, but not in do, a yeah but not in a not in a horrible teenager sort of way. way yeah no in a, in a sort of defending her actions and so, saying you know a guy this is the thing nobody is is having a go at Corey for asking her to do it. No, this has never ever come up so at all. Why is Corey in the clear for asking her to make a video? Why I... is it her problem and her fault? And she's the one that's done something wrong. She's the dirty slut. She's the one. She's the gross one. No, it wasn't her idea. I, I it think was his he's idea. gonna have to bear the brunt of some of this. I, I hope he does. It's, we no, haven't Michael, seen much of this him. Is, this is how society is i'm afraid there is as you know there's there's a need created by a certain group of people that another group of people fulfill and because they do that they're the ones that are in the wrong not the people that fulfill that have the need Mm. do you do you think that this still might lead to Corey and asha becoming a couple i hope not i i it shouldn't but i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if it did honestly um, but I suppose that's... Oh, I wouldn't really like that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, she, if, if, if she's learnt anything from this, it's that she shouldn't necessarily be trusting him because he did record this without her consent. But I think uh, it yes, may well exactly. get brushed under the table. It really has been brushed under the table because she agreed to make a video for him. Mm. not a, Well, to, to record for him, not to make a video. And he, he recorded it. If he hadn't done that, none of this would have happened. Mm. But, you know, it's a cautionary tale. But it's another one of these examples. That, is this the same kind of idea of, you know, when a girl was raped, 
and somebody says, what were you wearing? What was it you did mm. to, to entice the person to do something wrong to you? Mm. And then they say, and then people say, oh, well, if you leave your front door open and someone burgles you, then what does that mean? It means it's your fault. It's like, yeah. my body is not a house. <laughs> yeah, well, fortunately, have to lock it up. Uh, Asha isn't, isn't too much, you know, acting the victim in all this. She's... She's she's been defiant. I know, but said. the thing is, though, it's a lot of a burden to carry on such young shoulders. Yeah. She's doing all right for herself at the moment, but where will there be a point at which this all becomes far too much? And she really does not have, like, she gave Dev a hug and everything, and they had a really nice bonding session. But I really think that she probably really misses her mum at this at this time. Yeah, yeah. It would have been nice to have seen like a little scene, just a quiet scene at the end of the episode with her because there's a little Sunita shrine downstairs, isn't there? Yeah. It would have been nice for her to have a cry, but I don't know whether that would have looked a bit too much like the older, you know, the ripped poster scene from last year. I hope that we get to see some long-term implications of this as well because I I don't want it to just be a, a short-term, look at this issue, everybody, and then counselling and it's over. The, this This really does... I mean, it could sort of wear its ugly head down the line at some point if she finds herself a a hunky man to to marry in the future and he has no idea that this is online and he has some kind of traditional family who finds out that... His their future daughter-in-law has pornography on the internet. I think this would be fascinating if it maybe it was left to go quiet for a little bit and then say years down the line, somebody finds it. Mm. There's no reason to think that it will be deleted. I don't think it can be, really, can it? No. But like you say, we don't know who uploaded it and why they did, they did it. No, and it'll be a bit spread around everywhere now. I mean, it could be somebody malicious who did it to upset her, but it also could be some clueless pervert who was on the group chat who just thought it would be a laugh. Mm. Well, the person that Adi laid into on uh, Wednesday's episode was like, oh, she's all right, she, she's an eight. Like, it could, could well have been him. Um, I, I'm still, I think uh, that Ardy's been great this week as well. Um, not, he, he's still you know, hurt and upset and, and angry at Asha for doing this, isn't he? Um, but I, I would still hope that he can have some similar calming kind of bonding moments with her the same way that, that Dev has. But at the moment, he's so full of rage that punching this guy in the face outside Victoria Gardens is the, the best that he can do. Um, Thoughts on the fight? Thought it was a, not a bad one. I have to say that I thought that the scenes, outdoor scenes with the teens in Victoria Gardens just really felt a bit too high before me. Oh, yeah, you said that. It's like the wind had got up or something. On it's a... like cats in, when it's windy. You know what I mean? They yeah. run around the house, like, all over the Not place. Not just cats, kids too. I know. If it's a windy day on the playground, <laughs> really those excited. kids come in and they are hyper as. I just thought that it needed to be dialed down like two two bits. Just it was just a bit too overexcited. But you can't really criticise because they're all very young and they did a really good job with what they were and it really is, you know, down to the I, I I thought that to, when to reel it in a bit when Ardy kind of stormed off and was like yeah saying yeah he is right she she is a slag she, I I thought he he got that just right to be honest I, okay. I I know what you meant about the other bits everybody feeling a bit hyper but I I thought I thought it was excellent and and actually he was quite notice, notable by his absence on Wednesday's episode because he kind of he went off on Monday and then I don't think we saw him on Wednesday at all if I remember. Um, well, this was a baptism of fire for the actor, wasn't it? And he yeah. has sort of come out like a phoenix. He has, the same way as, as Tanisha did with um, with the skin lightening last yeah. year. Uh, I think that this could be a bit of a renaissance for the 
the the teens, the you know the sixteen to eighteen brigade. Well, yeah, this is the thing because Corey has not really focused too much on the on the teen story because there aren't actually that many of them. There's not really enough to make a storyline out of. Um, no, I'm not. In, I'm not particularly interested in. Corey I know a staying, few people but... have said, "Oh, you know, I'm sick of it being a teen story." It's nice to have different age groups be represented, yeah, and it really I... is interesting to note that at the moment. Well, up until this week, we've had the very old characters having their own, and only I'm only saying very old on the scale of Coronation Street characters because there's you know you've got the older characters at um, still waters, still waters, and then you've got and the Jeffrey very young me. ones, which is well, wasn't really, yeah. But you've got two extremes of of ages there, which mm. which is good because we have moaned in the past about all the focus being on the sort of the, the late 20s, early 30s, like, shagging around characters and all that kind of, you know, um, cheating and affairs drama. And at the moment, who's having an affair? Um, Not really anyone. Jeff's, Jeff's going to see that escort in. But it's, isn't it good? Because there was a point at which every storyline was like someone was cheating on somebody else and they finally found stuff to talk about that isn't just jumping into each other's beds. Very true, very true. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm... It's good, it's good I'm to see... It, it's good to see Coronation Street can still um, do storylines about different age groups and it would be interesting to have feedback from people who are in the, the those age groups... How 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 realistic is it? this? Do you guys not use text speak? <laughs> Do you all use caps lock? <laughs> Do you all not have a passcode on your phone so that anybody can pick it up and upload anything yeah. in your in your photo and albums how, or group chat? How do you feel about wind? <laughs> Does it make you hyper a little, just a little bit? Um, what else is that? Makes me hyper. Da- just um, David was great in the story as well. I'm, oh, I'm glad yeah. he had something to do that really wasn't moaning about Shona. That they decided to give him this task of telling Dev. Yeah. Because I guess it did make sense because very often it would have to be somebody who wasn't actually that, you know, it's not necessarily going to be your best friend that discovers that your kid's on some dodgy mm. or porn site or whatever. Might be anyone else living on your street. Anyone else. I feel it's, it feels a bit icky that it was Max that found the video though like how can't, I, don't, I can't remember how old Max is now is he 13 is, is he just ki- turned yeah I know but this is the trouble but I suppose I suppose the twins are only supposed to be 14 15 but you it's have like, to see before oh yeah I mean even when even when I was younger you know I, I stumbled across things that I should never have been able to see oh yeah yeah absolutely. I'm not talking about porn I'm talking about people's heads blown off <laughs> <laughs> Traumatising. Right, so uh, should, we, should we move on from that story? Yeah. Okay, still what a carry-on. No, sorry, still water, carry-on. Um, God, what is going on with this story? Talk about a nosedive. So anyway, Monday, Ken um, has apparently been emailing people all night, um, personally, because uh, the election that has only just seemed to have been organised recently. And this, this story just seems to have gone so quickly, despite the fact that they're slowing down the number of episodes. I can only imagine... Sorry, I want to eat a Twizzler. Gemma's just going to eat a Twizzler while I'm talking about this. Just, can you make a bit, little bit more noise while you pull it out of the packet? I'm trying really hard. <laughs> At least it's not, not um, a pork scratching or anything you're eating, which we've I also really got a packet I really want to do pork scratching if you want um, Ken's been e- emailing everybody saying, vote for me. Um, and they're like, who are you again? Oh yeah, this new guy that's just moved in. So he, um, he comes into the room because Norris and Claudia are talking about this. And he says, 
I've been doing some digging on Charles and there's actually, you know what, there's no Residents Association bank account. So this all this really money... Makes no sense. Well, we will get to our discussion about this in a bit, I think. There's, there's no money in the... Uh, there's, there, all this money that I've been sending is, seems to be going into somebody's personal account. <laughs> Charles is, no doubt, that cad. What a, what a na- naughty boy. And, I, and, and um, I'm, I'm going to unveil him in public. No, no, sorry. Claudia and Norris say... I can't remember whether Ken says it at the time. Anyway, Claudia and Norris are all for a mass unveiling in public uh, about this. And, and Ken's maybe not sure at the moment. But he does... I think maybe he's just distracted about the fact that Claudia appears to have moved Deirdre's peanut bowls, which is a bit of a bizarre... Metaphor... Bizarre metaphor. It's something his, metaphorical, His old I'm life sure. is being hidden away. Yeah. And he is being forced into a new role in a new life that he never asked for. Oh, thank goodness you've got an English degree, Gemma. You can notice things like this. Yeah. Gemma. No, not Gemma. Ken. <laughs> you know what? Amount of times I get confused with Ken when I'm out and about. I'm like, look, I'm not Ken. I'm Say not what? Even, Say what? I'm not even Northern. Um, Ken is there um, doing his uh, final... You know, vote for me, chat in the uh, common room of still waters, and he says, "I promise full financial transparency if I wins." Um, and also, he this is he does drop Charles in it. He says, "By the way, this bank account that you've all been paying your fines into for whenever your dog's whittled on the carpet doesn't even exist," and everyone is aghast. Like what the heck? Their monocles drop into their tea and everything. <laughs> and sub surprise, surprise, Ken wins the vote. 18 to 36. So Charles still had, didn't do too badly after Charles being revealed as a massive fraud artist. Die-hard supporters. It's a bit like Trump. Yeah. Will never, never, never admit they were wrong. He is. He's the Trump of Stillwater, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, uh, so anyway, Ken is now the chairman of Stillwater Residents Association. Oh, wait, no, he's not. Because that, he I mean, says, that... I don't want this, actually. But think about this, Ken. That would be great on your CV. Yeah, yeah, I know. Next time you want to get a job, as put that on there. Whatever, he says. I, I don't want to actually. Um, I haven't got it in him actually to run it. Um, just wanted to shine a light on the malpractices going on behind the scenes at Stillwater. Can you imagine if this happens in November, with Joe Biden? Do you know what? I don't even want to be the president. I just wanted everyone to know that Trump was not very good at his job. Mm. And everyone goes, Norris, you, you can do it, and everyone's like. Fine with I me. I would like to nominate Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> fine, fine, fine with me. So now Norris is the chairman of the Stillwater but Residents Association. But don't dwell on how that works or mm. what people think about it or well, that, whether Norris seems would be like perfectly fine by it. Whether Norris would be any good or if he even wants it. Claudia thought that she was going to be offered the job. Mm. Anyway, he he. Uh, they're later hanging on Norris's every word as he's regaling with them with stories stories about how he introduced night vision goggles to the Coronation Street Weatherfield, um, the Coronation Street uh, neighborhood watch, and Ken's at the, the bar there with Claudia and saying, "My job here is done. I'm I'm buggering off back to Coronation Street now because you know what I feel out of my depth here." Um, and she's like, "Oh, darling, I know you're homesick." So the next day, um, well, this is her fault for hiding the peanut bowls. The next day or afternoon or whenever it was set, I can't remember, Ken tells Claudia, yeah, you're right, I want to go home. And she understands, but she's not going, which means they are both headed to Splitsville, sadly. She's... It It was a quite a tender scene, and maybe it went on a little bit, but... And she's... Claudia's upset by it, but she's putting up a good front because she doesn't she'd want to cry and make her mascara run. Very philosophical about it, I thought. She was talking about the fact that, oh, I thought that... Um, I thought that this was going to be it. I thought I'd found 
you, yeah. I thought you were going to be the one that I would spend the rest of my life with. I thought this she, would be our life together. She sort of handles it as though she's somebody who's had a life of disappointment and this is just the latest one and she never believes anything good will happen. And so mm. when it when the worst happens, she's prepared. Well, they depart amicably anyway and uh, he goes home and interrupts the chippy tea at number one with Tracy and uh, Steve and he says, I've left Claudia, I'm moving back in. <laughs> So shame, shame for you, the uh, the house sale hasn't gone through yet, but what are you going to do? <laughs> you can't do nothing. Tracy's obviously not happy at all with this because she just, you know, started a, a new life at number one with Steve. Her, all um, her horrible she, pictures up. She tries to make out that she's upset for Claudia, but Peter and Steve both point out that she never really liked Claudia anyway. And Ken says, well, look, I'm not pulling out of the house sale. You can still buy it as, as far as I'm concerned, but... Um, I'm moving in. I'm going to stay in the uh, the front <laughs> room. Handily, Peter, you're you you've just come back from Portsmouth. You've been staying here for a bit, and now you're moving into the Rovers. It's like a a perfectly uh, choreographed game of musical beds, isn't it? So <laughs> that's what they should have called the show. Yeah, totally. Um, and then we had a little bit more of it on Friday. Not too much, although it was, it was nice to see Claudia for one one final hurrah on Friday. And I know, but scene. I don't know if he's she's left though. That the, God, we'll it come, felt we'll come a bit more conclusive than it did on I Wednesday. Um, Tracy um, is continuing to insist to Steve that Ken was acting a bit too hasty when he dropped uh, Claudia like a brick, and I totally agree with her. But um, so she phones up Claudia and says, "Look, come come and have a drink with me at the pub. Um, I, I'm, you must be upset. You you must need a shoulder to cry on." Um, so Claudia goes round there, and um, Tracy says. She sees through Tracy's faux sympathy for her, and Tracy says, "Look, I, I admit I like to have, I like having the house to just me and Steve and Amy, but ultimately I don't want my dad to be alone. Can you please try and get back together with him?" And Claudia says, "No, nope, it's over." And this echoes what she was saying on Wednesday's episode as well, when she was when Ken was breaking up with her, and she says, Are "You absolutely sure about this? Because." If you if you say this is over, then it is over, and we're not going back to it. And she's she's sticking to it on yeah. Friday, and and that is where we leave it. And, yeah, uh, Claudia saying it's over. Yeah, I really don't want this to be the end of Claudia, but it's going to be, isn't it? Well, I can't the see reports what... it, uh, the reports are that yes, that is the end of Claudia. It's, what a it seems ending. that Rula Lenska has left the building. No tragic and sprung on us as well didn't, i know well I, said, I didn't see it coming but I tell you what you when they were um teasing somebody was going to announce their departure at the end of episode ten thousand, you went into that episode saying oh it's claudia didn't you yeah i did <laughs> and and it just seems right. to me now that this whole stillwater story was some very long-winded exit story for Claudia and Eccles, I guess. But I think it was more like a misdirection as well to hype up, look, you know, Ken Barlow. He's leaving. No, he's not. We wouldn't do that to you guys. Utter, utter disappointment and a letdown for me. I'm gutted because I was looking forward to this story. I like the idea that Claudia was getting involved in in a story to to herself. I was looking forward to seeing Norris, Frieda again. I don't even know whether we even saw Frieda this week, did we? Um, the whole the whole massive bombshell at the end of episode ten thousand. Ken's leaving. All the all the articles coming out straight after online saying Ken announces he's leaving Coronation Street. I know, Street. but those just kind of felt really stupid and hollow to me because I was thinking, of course, Ken's not left. I, I I know, I know that 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 angle that they took was silly, but 
But They're I gen- think that they, I think the journalists knew that Ken was not leaving, but they wanted clickbait. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it, it just, if you go back to watch episode 10,000 now, and then this is the, the massive cliffhanger at the end, it's like, oh, well, he's back now. <laughs> and, I, and I did think he would come back. I, did I, I, I think I thought that he would come back, but I not I did as yet. Well, I don't know. Well, I really enjoyed the Stillwater stuff. It's massively rushed. I think a lot of people didn't. I know there were really huge flaws in, in the Massive whole... Massive flaws and, as, and plot as, holes yeah, and the, rushed bits. As the story progressed, it became more obvious to me that this storyline, the Stillwater's plot, was just um, not very well thought out. But imagine how good it could have been. Could it have been really amazing. Could. Because I love Claudia, I love Ken. I mean, I don't blame Claudia for not wanting to leave. Did you see the panelling in that room? <laughs> and those and those windows. She really She is was the, the one dream. that was kind of cajoling Ken into going. Well, she was the one that was at home at that place, wasn't she? She yeah. was you know, you only have to see her in a fencing gear to see that yeah, Claudia was made to live at Stillwaters with all the other hoity toity hoi polloi mm. and the you know, the retired brain surgeons and R. Have and I, I can totally see that this that all his life Ken has had ideas above his station and he thinks he's better than those you know beer swilling morons living <laughs> in Coronation Street. I mean, he wrote the article saying as much in the nineteen sixties, didn't he? Yeah. And that, and now he's realizing, no, I, I do just want to, you know, be having having a drink down the pub with my friends. So that that all makes sense, but I just. Yeah. It, it just felt so, so, so rushed. It felt a bit convoluted. Well, it felt convoluted, it but it felt silly rushed. With, it, felt, it got silly with Charles sniffing the dog's way. Charles was never really developed into a, a big villain anyway. Yeah, again, another when character Ken... who has no motivation for what he did. Yes, he stole money, but do we know why other than he's greedy? I really well, wish... As as Listen, was... but I want to finish my sentence. I wish that Coronation Street characters who were villains, had more motivation than just a random selection of one of the seven deadly sins. Like, well, he's greedy. He you was know? just shallow. Why, can't we have as a shallow bit, as a puddle. Can't we just have some, some, you know, his wife is got dementia and he wants, you know, it really makes, I know it, I know it complicates things, but it makes storylines so much more interesting and satisfying when their character genuinely has a real motivation for screwing over our favourites other than just their evil. The fact that he had no depth or motivation was immediately clear because as soon as Ken unveiled him at the vote, he scurries off and then that's the last we see of him then. He doesn't even make any attempt to defend himself whatsoever. No, I mean, I will eat my words because I know I've been off on rants on this podcast before and then the next week I'm proved wrong. If, if 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 Charles and Claudia carry on this story next week, or or Charles and Norris well, and Frida, then yes, fine. But I just can't see it happening. We didn't even get to see Ken unveiling the truth about Charles. He literally pops in the beginning of Monday's episode and says, "Guess what, everybody? I've just been doing some snooping and I've uncovered this." Let us see us see it at least. Let us see Ken sneaking around. Let there be some kind of you know, danger right. or tension or something. It just seemed to solve itself in lightning You're fast time. Now. And it could have only it would have seemed even faster if it played out in the speed that they originally had tended to transmit this. Yeah, true. The the election came far too quickly. The fact that Ken was able to get any votes when these people literally only just met him is is unrealistic. I just su- Stop such a disappointment. I know, but I your really tone of voice wanted, is really getting on my nerves. I, <laughs> I really wanted to like this story, and I, I did at the beginning. There were massive holes. You again, Coronation Street needs to think about the motivation for villains. 
this would have been so much better if Charles had had a reason because then we would have understood what and like even give up a fight and go no that's not true or something no he just disappeared off and then everybody accepted Norris is taking over whinging because this story I know that's, is that's the thing worthy. that really that's the thing that really annoyed me Ken's like, when, he can do it and everyone's you know that, like fair you know that really popular guy that scuttles around saying everything's crap he yeah. should be in charge Norris has done nothing but moan about the place since he's been there yes he's purposefully um sabotaged it yeah he's sabotaged it he's sat away from everyone else he's not got involved he's made he's no sneering. friends he, he, he thinks that, that they're all a bunch of sheep after Charles do you so, remember when he did that art thing he's like Ooh. yeah yeah and now they're and saying, everyone's like, like yeah, yeah you, he's the best yeah it's just ah, oh. and and also to be fair, is is the Stillwater Residents Association going to be run any less tyrannically with Norris in charge? Because no. he's a bit of a stickler, isn't he? Oh my God, Norris is like a tin pot dictator. He's in in within minutes, he's going to say, "Here's just a copy, just just you know, just a, just a rough draft of the rules that I've been working on." He's going to bring out something, you know five inches thick yeah yeah and poor old Frida she didn't get any say in this did she I don't Does think she... Frida bothered voting well that goes to show you doesn't it if you want to be, have control of your destiny and, and engage in democracy you need to vote mm. your vote won't get counted if you don't even cast it yeah and 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 the worst of all we, we say goodbye to Claudia at the end of this Claudia is an unappreciated gem and also really I is. know we got some really great She's scenes with um, her and Evelyn but how much more fun would it have been to have more I of know. those? I just I feel know. like we've been left wanting more again with Claudia. Yeah. Oh, really, Lenska is amazing. She's fantastic. I'm I'm really gutted. And I know the door's been left open for her, just like the door blah, was blah, left blah, open blah, for blah, her last blah. time. But will we see it? I, I really hope so. I hope so too. She, she and Evelyn made that great partnership. We didn't get to see much of it. But Claude and Aud, really underrated. Really good Corey rivalry. Duo. Better really. than Gail versus Eileen. Uh, Who can say? We we will be doing a, a character profile of Claudia in due time, so um, we will Listen, we'll get to speak about her more. The other thing that then. annoys me about Claudia is that all you know, every so often she makes this hint about her dark past and her, you know, when she got in trouble when she was younger. And I really think that there's this massive epic story of some kind of young girl, kind of, you know, like a young aristocratic, almost like her, like a kind of riff on Rulenska's real life, like some kind of European aristocracy uh, having it off with some kind of like bawdy servant and then having to escape to a nunnery to have an illicit child in secret and then being cast out of the of the family castle mm. and having to slum it in Manchester England. Mm. Well you know she still does have some ties to the streets so she may well come back. She still co-owns the salon with Maria oh, so well, she when, will be when will that about. ever come up? Never. And um, she, she did say that her next boyfriend's going to be a toy boy and we were chatting with a friend uh, earlier this week who made the fantastic so, um, suggestion that Claudia comes back with Henry on her arm. Wouldn't we uh, all die if Claudia that and Henry. Oh, I would oh, absolutely yes. have con- yeah, have a heart attack. That would be fantastic. Can we start a petition about this, please? And, Hashtag and could, bring back Henry. Uh, and I, I was going to say, landlord and landlady of the Rovers return, possibly. Can you just imagine how fun, if you have any doubts about this, imagine how fun the scene would be in which Henry tries to get Claudia to understand what the allure of the uber-duber was. 
And just Henry kind of like gulping as Claudia goes, no, darling, I don't think we're going to be doing any of those specialty cocktails. Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't they just be fantastic? they never do it. Great suggestion. Yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> gutting, gutting this storyline. I really, really am. Um, moving on to the next one. Johnny's got issues. John, Johnny's got issues, and we still don't know what those issues that he's got are. No, I, I, I still don't really know what I think. So on Monday, Jenny is being the perfect host, or what she thinks the approximation of one is, trying to get Johnny to go and see... His name is Scott, right? Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, 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 I've got to... Not, not Barry Scott, the um, <laughs> pharmacist of the, of, of the country. You know. <laughs> the one that pushes all the, uh, the, all the cleaning products. Bags. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she tries to get Johnny to see Scott, but he says, no, 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 I've got to go and get... Carla to take over the Rovers have got to go talk to her she gets miffed because they've been avoiding well he's been avoiding seeing this guy the whole time yeah Jenny, Jenny doesn't really get what's going on here Jenny admits to Carla she's not mentally prepared to go to France and she's a bit concerned there's a lot for Carla to do looking after all the Rovers and Scott and cooking him breakfast etc and everybody knows Carla is hilariously bad at cooking um, Carla says I'll be fine because Peter can cook Another hilarious um, turning of stereotypes of gender on its head. A man can cook breakfast. Uh, you know, not only can Carla not cook, but she also cannot pull pints. Which no. is, that's this is kind of the uh, this is this... the standard. Anybody starts working in the Rovers, they can't. Well, anybody pull a they want to sort of show up as not being very good at, at this, they will make a big deal about the fact they can't pull a pint. Yeah, and so... Carla makes an all head pint for Jenny and no, the... not for Duck. Well, it's... she looks. She's looking on awkwardly. Um, Scott comes in, and unfortunately for Johnny, he they are in the same room. So Jenny introduces them, um, and it becomes immediately apparent that they know each other. It looks as though, to me, that Johnny was contemplating briefly, pretending not to know who this guy is. Yeah, but, yeah. but unfortunately Gigs for him, up. Scott immediately says, Johnny, how long has it been? And we know that they know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Wednesday, we see... Johnny and Scott in the smoking shelter outside the back of the Rovers and he Johnny says um Scott says I'm here for four weeks and Johnny go oh how handy we're going away for four weeks what a shame I've written to Spain in the notes here but it's France and I think stuff. France and Spain are different, aren't they? are they? different countries, I so, believe. So they say it's such a shame, sarcastically. Clearly they're not really... This is weird because... Is it a coincidence that Scott is here? I refuse to believe that. So that's so. Scott must have come here for a reason. Do you think he's here for Johnny? No. He seems to give it up a bit quickly. Is it just a soap coincidence? It's a soap coincidence. All right, if, then, if fine. Scott had come for Johnny, he would have done more. He to would have protested. No, no, I'm just saying. Before this meeting at the end of Monday's episode, Scott would have done more to try and persuade him to stay. No, no, or no. Talk before, to him. yeah, to try and talk to him. To meet it. To, to meet, meet him. him. Exactly. Yeah, he, okay. he was just like, yeah. The, the fact that when he came in for the first time and then went off for a little bit and then came back later, if he if he wanted to catch Johnny, he would have stayed there. So, so coincidence. Liz comes out to flirt with Scott and Scott event, invites her out for dinner mm. eventually. Um, so Johnny and Jenny go off to, to leave for, for France and Johnny sees Scott and Liz getting close in the booth and shoots a dirty glare at them. Makes me wonder whether perhaps the history between the two is some kind of relationship. Well, I think so. Adultery thing. 
So yeah, well, because when when just as they're heading off, this is when Scott catches Johnny and uh, and says, yeah. "You're not leaving because of me, are you?" There's no hard feelings on my part. The past, the part, the past is the past. Yes. And, and so it, it seems, seems like it seems like Johnny Johnny has done him wrong, and um, no, he, Johnny or jo- Scott. It seems like Johnny has done something bad to Scott because Scott, Scott says was the to Johnny, one. Jo- Scott says. There's no hard feelings on my part. So Johnny uh, has done something to him in the past. Yeah, I think but, that Johnny's had it off with his missus or something. But it could also be that Scott is a psychopath and he has he stole Johnny's wife and then Johnny found out and got crazy and beat him up. And so Scott thinks, look, there's no hard feelings on my part because you punched me because I slept with your wife. You know what I mean? I can see people having no morals thinking, think, you did me wrong. Cause... I think that the romantic history between, or the family history between Johnny and his wife is set in stone enough that that wouldn't have happened. Because remember, the only reason that she died, we know now, is because it was she discovered that Johnny had fathered Carla when he was having an affair. She goes crazy, runs out of the house, gets hit by a car. And Johnny didn't see it because he's got Ipsy Daisy. Yes, remember that. So I, I, it seems to me that Johnny's wife was not the sort who had was had unfaithful. an affair herself. Otherwise, it'd be the pot calling the kettle black. Oh, I, I, see. I think that Johnny, who has obviously got history with um, you know, playing away, has has diddled Scott's missus at some <laughs> points because he, he had the affair with the woman that was well, Carla's mum. Obviously, he spent that night with Liz recently. So. He's got form. He's got form. It's sad, really, because I like Johnny and I don't want him to be, you know, dragged through the mud. But he's almost... And the fact that he was trying to avoid Scott just says to me that he's 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 got secrets, he's done something wrong and he doesn't want Jenny to find out about. But obviously she will. So there's going to be troubles ahead for Johnny and Jenny whenever they come back from France. And I'm gutted if we're not going to see any more of Johnny and Jenny for, well, it's going to be eight weeks now, isn't it? Because if, if he's saying, I'm going to go away for four weeks, we've now got we're at half, yeah, half true. speed. Yeah, true, two months of... So we might, not, we might not see well, this until the end of June. Well, one of them might come back early. I don't know. Possibly. But the, the, the mystery of who Scott is, if that's left for that long... Would well, be... they've done it before. And I really wish they had learned... From past mistakes that it doesn't really do do well to have a lingering mystery because by the time it gets resolved, soap watchers have gone through every single possible reason and there will be no surprises. Mm. Well, I think I think it's probably more likely that as Johnny and sorry as Scott and Liz are getting closer, he's going to admit something to her i mean she 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 might get talking to him about johnny she, she'll want to know about so how did you know johnny because that it was never it was kind of brushed under the carpet a little bit wasn't it in, yeah. in the week's episode she's going to want to know about that he might admit it or she's going to admit that she had a one night stand with johnny at some point so yeah but i yeah, scott comes across to me as that he doesn't feel completely innocent himself. He feels a bit... He looks a bit to me... He reminds me of Tristan Gemmel. 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 Yeah. He kind yeah, of has this mean. brooding, kind of like squinty, remo- slightly removed from the action kind of, you know. Some women may find that alluring. <laughs> I'm just Not saying, there's, there's, a, there's a reason why Tristan Gemmel was the most handsome man on Christian Coronation Street in some, some people's eyes. Um, yeah, I, I, I would... I hope that Scott's got some kind of secret. He just... But, I mean, he he could be the man of Liz's dreams and they go off 
together are. Doubt I don't it. know. It it just seems weird that they have got rid of Johnny and Jenny. They've. I mean, in a way, yeah. And I, and I've been wanting a bloody Johnny and Jenny story for literally I a know, year. I really thought this was come. This was going to turn into a Johnny and Jenny story, but now they've been removed from the action, mm. and we're left with Carla at the pub, out of her depth. Kind of interesting. I I'm hoping this might rekindle my love of Carla as a character. Because um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that Carla used to be one of my favourite characters, but she has definitely gone off the boil for me over the last five years. I hope so. She, it's kind of funny that she can't pull a pint, but is it, you know... Well, I mean, once I mean, they get how, this out of the way, they They need to get over that now, because mm. we've had that joke with many characters many times. But I tell you what, it's going to be a bit of a slap in the face for Johnny and Jenny if Carla and Peter get more screen time as, you know... The Rovers Temporary couple. landlord and landlady. Interesting. I wonder how Toya and Imran will react because this mm. was Toya's dream, wasn't it? To be the landlady of the Rovers with Peter at her side. And now yeah, Carla's there seen. and she doesn't even know how to pull a pint. Yeah, yeah. She's um, she's jumped into her place, hasn't she? So Carla's now moved in to the Rovers to take over mm. because Jenny and Jenny moved out. So presumably now she is in their living quarters and she's moved in with Peter. Yeah. So... I know, but I'm just establishing that yeah. for me, and I think other people might not, you know. Carla and Peter have the, been moving not... about all over the place, haven't they're they? They're like they? nomads. Po- they totally are. This past they should have kept that so. boat. They could have hopped around the Mediterranean. The boat that set on fire. Well. <laughs> What's that an alarm for? I don't know. <laughs> well, before the boat burnt to the to a crisp. Okay, fine. So the, they obviously can't stay there forever, so when Johnny and Jenny do get back, they'll have to find another... Set. <laughs> set another set to live on yeah. yeah um i just wanted to say about jenny as well i think that i, I wish that they uh, that i think they need to get her to tone it down a little bit because when she was um simpering to um the b&b guests earlier in the week i was getting a little bit I, I was like getting it a little because bit I think sick that's, of that. I think that's just how Jenny is. I think that she is saccharine when she is trying to be a hostess. She just she came across as a bit. She just came across as a bit desperate, and I'd, I'd rather I that she came funny. across as more controlling. And you know, I know. But, yeah. I've been at the, with these pants for two years good. now. It depends on how long they. I really want her to be landlady for for a long period of time, and I think if this is part of her, you know, um, stepping stones to establishing herself as really confident that's great because she probably still really you know think about the fact that she used to be the cleaning lady at the factory and now she's the landlady of the rovers Mm. she's going to still have a bit of a confidence issue just because of that so i i think it is realistic I hope that they do get to the point where she is much more commanding i really would like them to um and have more serious storylines with jenny please yeah well it seems like this could be it but they need well, to be in it. There, yeah. <laughs> okay, I do take two. What's Tim and Sally is been this up my to one? this week? Um, I don't know. It's me, isn't it? Not uh, not much has happened. Sally's fallen over this um, two thousand pound wedding dress on Monday, and Tim says that because uh, she is the love of his life, and he did her wrong by getting married to someone else beforehand, etc., etc. She can have it. She can have you whatever she that. wants for this wedding. I didn't say that. No. Well, I didn't have a Las Vegas wife, so. <laughs> didn't have anything to make up for I was perfect um, so Tim's um, later worrying about where he's going to get the funds for for this and um, it, it transpires that the, the only option that he thinks is a, a short trip to the glue factory for Tiny well he thinks he can sell a horse mm. that is presumably 
well, it's not a foal, is it? It's no. getting up in years. Well, I don't really when they, when they know... got when they got tiny, it was a bit of a nag, wasn't they? Because they were expecting this champion racehorse. Yeah. How much does he realistically think he can sell tiny? Well, every for? little helps. As you might not get I'm... the full two gram for no, it. No, but I imagine that the mo- the the biggest benefit of selling tiny will be no ongoing maintenance fees because the amount mm. you know you have to pay a lot of money out for it, of course. But are we going to get rid of Tiny without seeing him again? Probably. I are think we Tiny to believe has... that all this time Tim has been falling over this horse and we haven't got to see it? Well, it's Tiny has served his purpose, which yes, was summer. comedy scenes last summer. Yeah. And it's it's kind of been Hiring a bit of a... a horse. Yeah, and it's a shame, really, because... Tim did really love that horse and they made a big thing about Tim well, being the only one that cared about He obviously it. didn't care about the horse that much because he's thinking of him as an asset rather than as a pet well, and a member of the family. You know what, at the end of the I day... I can't he... imagine selling Abby because we needed money. I know. At the end of the day, he might not end up having to sell Tiny because um, his um, financial saviour, Jeff, comes in on Wednesday and says, look, if I've, I've got a load of money. Um, he's like he's, he's, he's I'm loaded why do you think I've got into the magic business to make money and get birds well it's all this money that he's um, he's skimming off of the speed dial isn't he and, and he's got access to Yasmin's funds and everything so well, yeah he's, he's like, like making her go out and buy ham yeah so he basically throws wads of cash at Tim and says don't worry about it aren't I a great dad and Yasmin will be fine about it by the way and Tim's a bit embarrassed by this but he, but he accepts and then the, well, the only other thing that we saw happening was a, a little scene oh a dilemma Sally Abby Kevin and Tim um, in the snug, or the snug that was, um, Very talking about Very funny because um, Abby and Tim, obviously, in real life, the actors, are oh, yeah, now engaged. Joe. So it was quite funny to me watching the pair of them talking about how much weddings cost and, you know, what a fancy dress is, because I'm so excited. I hope that we get to see some pictures of Sally Carmen as a bride, because I know she is going to be amazing, no pressure. <laughs> anyway Sally just says can you be the witnesses and also while you're there Abby can you be a bridesmaid did she ask her to be the maid of honour or something as well I, th- I it think seems after like... a certain age you have to be asked to be the, the maid of honour the old maid of honour can you be the matron it um I mean, I don't know how big a do they're going to make it, but it's it's not big enough to invite Rosie and Sophie back from their <laughs> travels. They make a point of saying so. Thank goodness for that. Well, yeah, we won't be expecting. Wouldn't them ask to Abby to be up. the bridesmaid if it's going to be a good do, mm. would you? Um, Abby's totally chuffed by this, obviously. Oh, and then I want Kevin, to see her in a bridesmaid outfit. Kevin pretty much invites himself to be the best man. He's, he's like, does this mean that I'm going to be the best man? And uh, it's <laughs> a li- little bit awkward um, yeah. because it turns out that he's already asked. Jeff. Well, he tells Sally privately, I've already asked Jeff to be my best man, and now Kevin's my yeah. best man too. But as we know from personal experience, you can have more than one best man, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, maybe by the time this wedding comes out, Jeff will have been um, murdered demasked by or something, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it'll solve the problem for him. I thought Tim, for the first time ever watching the show for a good long time. Yeah, not forever, because he did appreciate. I appreciated him and thought he was a great, great gentleman when he said, you can have whatever you want, my bride. I said, that's what makes Tim the perfect man. Yeah. All it, is, all it needs is a splash, is Being elaborate to splash with their you. cash at their significant other. Yeah, of course. And then for you to give me some glances and say, look, Tim's doing it. Tim's doing it, Tim's doing it. <laughs> look, Michael, we, we did that thing about love languages. Didn't we? I know. I like presents. (laughs) Yeah. And what do I get? Have to buy my own presents. Get Twizzlers. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I bought them myself. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so yeah, we know Jeff's fiddling, fiddling the money. Tim, 
I don't know. I, I think as sweet how excited Sally is. I, I think it's a bit odd that she's she shouldn't even be having this wedding. She's I know. Tim's come out of the I smelling of roses yet again. I, yeah, I know, but weddings are lovely. I think I, I, if I was Sally, I, I want to go to. I'm surprised she doesn't think that people aren't gossiping about her. I mean, people yeah, I probably know. are gossiping about her. She, you really, Sally, she'd would be, be gossiping suspicious. about other people if, if the boot was on the other foot. I know. But anyway. Maybe a, maybe a nice Corrie wedding is what we need at the moment. So, um, oh, but she'll have a nice fascinator. Sure, there'll be no issues whatsoever. I'm, I sense that there's going to be some kind of clash of storylines with this and the, the Yasmin and Jeff. Is, there, is this leading up to... I don't know when the wedding's supposed to be. They probably said, but I don't know. I'm going to say Britain's Got Talent Week, but who knows when... Well, no, it can't be because that... They Are they even going to have Britain's well, Got no, Talent they, this they, year? They no, they won't because they weren't a film night. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the whole thing's a mess. Yes. Right, Speaking of the Yaz lighting story, Gemma, whole, last one. Speaking of the whole thing's a mess, mm. Yaz and and Jeff, Yaz lighting. We only had Friday, um, Friday's worth of episodes about this. Worth of episodes? So, um, so, Jeff says to Yasmin, what do you want to do? You can do whatever you like. You're my queen, wonderful woman. So we'll do what you want. And she says, you know what? I would really like to go to the cinema. And he says, Nah, I don't want to go to the cinema. You go by yourself. Um, so it's a bit go of a with test, someone else, really, wasn't yeah. it? Because she she was like, no, I don't want to go. Anywhere I'm not going without, without you. you. It's like yes, that is so, the right answer. Exactly. So they agreed to have a stay at home film festival. Um, so Kathy goes round to moan to moan at Dev about Brian. I think, or she's yeah, just moaning yeah. about her life. Okay, Dev's Kath- obviously not no, interested. No, Kathy's moaning about Bernie. At the um at the kebab shop and oh, Dev, Dev's right. got his own issues to be dealing like, with. I'm not really moment. interested. So he um yeah he's quite short with her. Jeff is like, oh no, you um. No, and then, Kathy gets told by Dev, look, if you don't like your job, bugger off and quit and find another one. So she stomps over to Jeff and Yasmin's house at that point, and and um Yasmin isn't particularly happy to see Kathy because she was wanting to have this lovely film day with Jeff. But Jeff, unusually, is like, oh, come in, Kathy. And, yeah. And, and Jasmine's kind of like, what's going on here? And, and so is Kathy. So they make a nice sandwich. And this is the ham that Yasmine had bought for Jeff, which was £4, mm. which is the crumbly edged ham that he likes, which I can only assume is Wiltshire ham, mm. which ham. is Southern fare. I don't know why they're eating that on Cornish Probably. <laughs> Um, so, so as they're eating this, this lunch, she's going about, she, she's saying that she likes this ham and then Kathy and then Jeff's like, Oh, I don't go much on it myself. And then this, I, I think this is what triggers Yasmin because she went out of her way to go and buy specifically the ham that, that Jeff wanted and Jeff likes. And now he's made two comments about it. The first comment was, it was very expensive. It was four pounds. The second comment was, he doesn't go much on it. So as Kathy's moaning about Brian, then Jeff, Jeff starts going, yeah, you know, men can be a bit rubbish, just like me. We don't always listen, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then Kathy says to, to Yasmin, it sounds like you need to dish the dirt. 
And then immediately, Yasmin starts being defensive about her relationship with Jeff and says, there isn't any dirt to dish. If anyone is the problem in this relationship, it's me. And then she starts on this tirade about how men aren't always to blame for other relationships' problems. Women think they're perfect. And it's not all, you know, you blame other people for your own relationships' problems and yada, 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 moaning on about women and stuff. And Kathy's like, oh, uh, hang on a minute. What are you, what are you trying to say here? And then she says, right, I'm leaving. I'm not listening to this anymore. But before I go, I want to tell you, you've changed, Yasmina, not for the good. So, um... So what was that all about, Jenna? When That's what Jeff says. When Yasmin leaves, she's, he says to her, what were you... What was all that about? And she says, I just wanted alone time with you. I don't need her negativity. I just need you. And then we have she's this really... She's played right into Jeff's hands, really, here, hasn't she? ...cringy bit where Jeff... And Yasmin have watched the film and they're on the sofa together and Jeff is sort of kissing her and going, oh, you should come for a visit with a love doctor. You're so tense. And he leads her upstairs to bed where they obviously get on with things. Love doctor's practice. Yeah. So you, 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 this, yeah, what was Yasmin's behaviour about over dinner, Well, this Gemma? was just a sort of demonstration of how Yasmin has taking on Jeff's talking points, I guess. Mm. I, I can imagine that Jeff has spent many an t- evening ranting to Yasmin about how women think they're so perfect and in a relationship it's always the woman who criticises the man and even though he tries really hard and then also hammering home this thing about how perfect and wonderful he is and how rubbish Yasmin is. Mm. And so when Kathy triggered her, when she got triggered by this thing about how the ham that she brought wasn't good enough, then she hears Kathy ragging on guys and, and Jeff saying, yeah, we're all rubbish. She immediately jumps in because she hasn't managed to win his affection and approval with the ham. So she has to jump in and defend his honour mm. as though Kathy was attacking Jeff, which she wasn't doing. But in her mind, Yasmin, that Jeff was the placeholder for what, mm. what Kathy was talking about. And she certainly didn't want to think want anyone to think that there's any cracks in her relationship because really at this point that's all she's got in the world isn't it her relationship with jeff mm. yeah that's the only way i could read well, she, it she now doesn't have a friend in kathy well she, she said she's not interested in friends is she no. she wants jeff. alia is having an, a very extended trip in spain at the moment so very it's lengthy literally wedding just, just those two now on her own and she's cut herself off from the rest of the world which was Jeff's ultimate aim, really. Yeah. I did think it was odd because I thought the last time that we saw Yasmin, we were getting an inkling that she was you know, getting wise to him a little bit. She did seem to, but now she's doubled back down again. This is this is going to be... This is how it works, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose this it, is just how I, it I wouldn't, is. I, I wouldn't say it was unrealistic, but it was just like, oh, you're making so much progress, Yasmin. Well, I on? thought it was very... I thought it was really subtle and well-observed and really well written and researched that they managed to you know turn something as kind of insignificant as just a piece of ham into Yasmin desperately trying to re-establish her reputation with Jeff as being the perfect wife mm, mm. by defending men's honor in relationship issues against Kathy's slander yeah yeah good stuff and i'm really sure there will be stuff. more with that particular story it is next week Really interesting how you can have a story like that that's really well done and then Stillwater story with really massive characters that they just kind of... It's not like... They just kind of 
half-assed some of them, don't they? Mm. And obviously, I obviously don't have time to do everything perfectly, but it just feels a bit sad. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I was disappointed by Stillwater, but... I, I... Everything else was really good. I'm really intrigued. I want to know the, what's the, going the on. The Asher flashes and the Yaz lighting. Really, know. really compelling. Like, yeah. And also, can I just point out too, Coronation Street, great job two Asian actresses at the face of these storylines. Mm. You've got um, you've got oh, Shelley King and you've got Tanisha Gori. You've got two different age brackets here representing British Asian talent in acting and doing Very an true. amazing job at both of those storylines. Um, yeah, carrying on the torch from Bav <laughs> after she had a building dropped on her. <laughs> it's hard to come back from that. <laughs> um, so, I, I, yeah, I really like the Asher Flashes. The Stillwater stuff really heroically carried by um, some of the actors in that. There's some nice stuff in it. I mean, the the final scene between Ken and Claudia was quite touching and bittersweet. bittersweet. It really was. And some sort of silly, you know, I think... um, It needed silliness in between, you know, the Asher and the Yasmin story were both, you know, pretty hard-hitting, so it needed something silly, but silly doesn't necessarily mean rushed and, and, and not sort of thought through. I am intrigued with the mystery of who is Scott to Johnny and also what the heck has happened to Kelly's Oak Hill mm. money. So I'm still intrigued there and, and yeah, really good. Really, yeah. really good week. Just despite the, 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 the still water silliness, I'm going to give this um, three and a half. Um, broken Uncle Alberts down the side of the chair. Oh, yes, we forgot to five. mention there was a massive Al- Albert Tatlock shout-out this week with a picture of him and everything. Yeah, got smashed in his, uh, his uh, yeah, lollipop man outfit. Ardy wasn't the only one that got smashed. <laughs> I kind of am confused about whether to give this three and a half or four because it was really, really good. I think I'm going to give it four. You go for and it. And I wanted to give it four cheap towels because Claudia said that was one of her tips for life is to never buy cheap towels. But now I've remembered that I could have also given it four sad Indian skanks with a zero-point body, and I think that that's damning. (laughs) So maybe I should give it that. Um, Character of the week-wise, Dev. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Dev, because, yes, he overreacted first, but once he calmed down and considered it... He was a supportive father, and even though okay, she told him me. not to go to the police station, he knew he still should. It was the, the right thing to do. He yeah. had to do it. He's he's bare and uh, yeah, got the weight of the world on his shoulders at the moment. But I would say, on the whole, he's still been a good dad this week. And yeah, I mean, it, it could very well have been Asher. Asher hasn't done anything wrong this week, and I feel sorry for Asher and everything. And Tanisha's performance was excellent, and yada yada yada. But I, I think, yeah, Dev. Um, I I you know what I'm going to change week. it. I think Dev definitely deserves it this week. Definitely, because, <laughs> because it was a bit of um, a renaissance and to remind us that he can actually handle dramatic parts really really well. And he has he's had flashes of that throughout the years. Um, but I and it, you know I feel yeah he was great this week. Fortunately, the only hamminess this week was inside Jeff and Yasmin's sandwich. Good old crumbly ham. <laughs> right, so with that, um, let's move on from Street Talk and do a bit of news. Right, it's time for some news. We've we got some little, little bitty bits of news this week, haven't we? We make the news. We, we make up the news. Yeah. No, we don't. This is actual news. No. Yeah, it's news. It's actual news. 
little news nuggets this week. The first of which is that um, we have a title for the new Maggie Sullivan Coronation Street book. Now, I've enjoyed the other books that she's released. Um, I've reviewed them on the podcast. I've uh, it, They've all been... Um, yeah, wartime books about a young Elsie Tanner, Hilda Ogden, uh, Annie Walker, and so on. And um, coming out on February the 18th next year, very long way away to wait, is The Land Girls from Coronation Street. Hmm. She's got herself a nice little area of expertise here, hasn't she? She does, she does. She, she's not like going to say, you know, let's do Coronation Street in the future, or let's do oh, Coronation yeah. Street in um, prehistoric times or anything like that. She's sticking to what she knows is Maggie Sullivan, and that is World War Two Coronation Street. Um, we don't know anything apart from the fact that it's got 400 pages, and even that may be a placeholder, I've got no idea. Um, there's no plot, no nothing. Um, it is she intriguing, though, because, I mean, the first three books in the series pretty much took you through the beginning of the war right up to the end of the war so now she's going delving right back in there but featuring which characters i don't know i've done a little bit of research on choripedia i've tried to and i emphasize a little bit here and i could not find evidence of any of the characters having been land girls apart from phyllis pierce so either we're going to get phyllis pierce who i don't think really phyllis pierce yeah the randy phyllis pierce i mean she was she was randy when she was in her 70s i don't can only imagine what she was like when she was in the war um especially when there was a lack of talent to go around well yeah i'm sure she had a a role in many a hay when she was out there doing her farming but no i I can't imagine it's going to be her because usually maggie's books are focused on the um you know this 1960s curry characters or in the case of her last book she which did have hilda ogden in the action was mostly focusing around one of her own original creations so i don't know whether this is all going to be about you know original characters which i I think would be a shame personally or Uh, can you just imagine elsie tanner being a land girl shouldn't have had time would she she was too busy in and out of the whiskey like liberty Uh, all number 11 coronation street yeah, so I, I, a lot of the Corrie women, um, like Annie, like uh, like Ina and so on, worked in factories during the war. So I, I really don't know. Um, I'm I'm wondering, I thought maybe Florrie Lindley could be of a right age to have been a land girl. I don't know whether we know much about her past. Um, Esther Hayes, maybe. Surely any woman who was in the UK could have been a land girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, I, I guess so. But I'm just saying most know. of the most of the Corrie women worked in factories. So... Right. It's a bit of a question mark at the moment. As I said, we've got a title, we've got Munitions a page length, factory. we've got a date. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it for now. So I look forward to finding out more about that as the time comes. Gemma, second bit of news. News nugget number two. Um, we, there was a... Oh, you didn't do any research on this, did you? <laughs> I did none. I've written the briefest of notes. Um, there was, on BBC yesterday... A, was it for Red Nose Day? I think yeah, it was a comet relief. I told you to find thing. out what charities were involved in this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a comet relief thing. Um, they did a thing called the Big Night In, um, which we didn't watch, but it seems like we missed quite a few really interesting things. It was a, it was a variety show in the vein of um, Red Nose Day comet relief sort of stuff, didn't it? I think it even had Lenny Henry. And uh, a load of, a load and, of, and Dawn French. Oh, I think no. I mean, I think Lenny Henry was one of the presenters. But yeah, it had it had well, many a many a um, British comedian um, doing their live streamed from home little segments. Um, segments, yeah. And one of them was because it was a BBC thing. They had an EastEnders pub quiz, virtual pub quiz, on Zoom, and um, 
Liz McDonald somehow found herself in the middle of it, very briefly, just to butt her oar in. I do wish that we'd been watching it and that would have been a surprise because yeah. that probably a lot of people would have done a bit of a double take there. And what? Um, but I, we found out about that thanks to uh, Paul, I think, from Coriart on Twitter, uh, yeah. who, who highlighted the fact that she'd been in it. Yeah, she just um, gets her, gets her wires like, oh, crossed sorry, and her wireless was, is crossed, maybe. I thought this was the Rover's Return pub crib and then yeah. she gets barred. She <laughs> does, she gets barred from the virtual pub of... Whoever the Queen Vic Landlady is, I got no idea. I was watching Cuckles the McGee. I was watching the the list of the the the, 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 the parade of EastEnders characters showing up. I know, this I, I know who some of these. I know are. that lady. I know, I know that. That, that one that's used Ian to be Bill. in the bill. <laughs> yeah, and and that's Adam, and I know that's Adam because they made a mistake and said his name in the EastEnders live episode. Oh, I don't even know who Adam is. <laughs> um, anyway, that was quite a nice little. Um, uh, cameo from Liz there, so do check that out on social media if you're a big Liz fan. And also, um, in in the same in a similar vein, because uh, I think um, Matt Lucas did do something on this program last night, but I don't believe this is part of it. Um, on his social media account, Matt Lucas, the comedian known particularly for uh, Little Britain, he's done a Cory Zoom sing along yeah. to his recent single, "Thank You Bake Thank You Bake Potato." Yeah, which- a- mystifying. I'd heard I'm of sure this song before today, but sense. I hadn't actually heard it. Now we have, and it's a jaunty little number. I still don't know who the baked... Is he the baked potato? Because he hasn't got any hair. No. Is that his character? Is he Mr. Baked Potato? There is an animated version of the video, which has got an animated Matt Lucas talking to so an animated baked thanking, potato. Why are we thanking this potato? What has it done? It's giving us advice about social distancing. I don't distancing. need advice about that. I know this already. <laughs> well, is it sarcastic? Thanks, baked potato. <laughs> you've heard the song just as much as I have and maybe I've heard it one more time than you it is a very (laughs) um, apart from my my mystification over what exactly the role of the baked potato is in um, hand hygiene I thought it was very good fun and everyone looked like they were having a great time. It Who was, was in it, Gemma? There were loads of Cory stars that all filmed themselves you had um, (laughs) Sally Ann Matthews who was wearing a tiara very nice. It's oh, we're not doing the fashion great. fashion a lot. What you're wearing? Oh yeah, we are. Um, Ali Mardell, who had blue hair. Ali Mardell looks amazing at the moment. Quite a few Cory stars seem to have experimented with extreme hairstyles now that they've Simon Gregson, for example, no hair. Simon Gregson could be Mr. Baked Potato, no hair. Yes, yeah. He was and dancing he along Cookie with Cookie, well. who plays Rover. Um, who else? Was Dan there? Brocklebank. Dan was Brocklebank. There. Um, Jenny McAlpine, lovely, lovely Jenny. Oh yes, also. Uh, um, oh, who plays Mary? Patty Claire. Patty Claire. Patty Claire. Who else? Um, there are loads of people. There were, there were Is that so... everybody? There must be more. <laughs> I don't than think that. it's everybody. So sorry if I've forgotten you. That's really bad. Anyway, that was quite fun as well. So if you like minute and a half songs about baked potatoes and Coronation Street stars, then check that one out on social media. And you can also check out the subject of our next little news item, which is um, a new short film starring Brooke Vincent. I think she's a supporting actress. She is a supporting actress. She's not starring in this. She's second billing, but she got an award for it, didn't she? Yeah, she got a bloody um, award for it. I like that. At the the, um, 2019 Overcome Film Festival Awards. I don't really remember about hearing about that at the time, but we talk about a lot of rubbish on the podcast and then instantly forget it as soon as we've said it. Um, But yeah, My Toughest Battle is starring um, Liam Collins and it's directed by Jim Doyle and it's a a little tale of um, mental health awareness. of. Yes, um, it is. Uh, we didn't a boxer. really yeah you can't really say too much about it because as as usual with a short film the concept is pretty much the plot yeah 
So, um, I thought Brooke did very, a good job. Yeah, she did a great job. Always nice to see her in different roles. Yeah, so that's a that's a good way to spend a quarter of an hour. Yeah, I just think it's good to see soap stars in in roles like this because I mean, all all actors do loads of things, but it's different for soap stars, isn't it? Because we've grown up with you know fifteen twenty years, I don't know how long, of Brooke Vincent being Sophie. There are very few actors who ever get iconic roles, and it seems like soap stars. If you're in the show long enough, you become like iconic as that character, yeah. and it becomes um, more difficult, I guess, to convince people that you're somebody else. Yeah, but well, I mean, I, I talk a bit about that with Stephen Arnold on the uh, oh, other podcast. Interesting, yeah, there. because he was in a short film. He's in a number well, of short long, films. He's done loads of stuff. Pill. No, the one we oh, the one that we're talking about, Pickers Thieves. Yes, um, but, but that's anyway, not the only thing that we watched. No, we did watch another short film from 2014, which I, these are I don't know whether I didn't know it. Existed. I wouldn't really want to watch these back to back. They're both bummers, really, aren't they? These <laughs> They're films. both a bit downers. <laughs> we also watched this week um, one in five, which is was that directed... definitely the name of it. Yes. Okay. St- um, from uh, Mark Davenport, director, starring. George Taylor. George Taylor. Why did she? Yeah, I just George to... Taylor. Oh, ooh, tell you what. If you want to see, if you want to see George Taylor get her teeth into a, a very different role to being Toya, she, I tell you what. what she a would, potty mouth. She would not be giving out wasabi peas in this. No, in she this... wouldn't unless they were laced with something. Unless they were eat really, really spicy. She's like, no, no. It's supposed to make you. Make your nose cry, <laughs> yeah, and you cry. So it's is... not. It's not arsenic in there, honestly. This is a. Um, domestic violence film a short film uh, about male domestic violence when men experience domestic when they're the violence, victims which um we spoke briefly about last time because there was a short video with Corey female stars about from women's aid wasn't it about oh. female domestic violence and i did say at the time it's women's aid so they're focusing on female domestic violence but we all know that men suffer from it as well and this film was really well timed because well it he kind of publicized it um last during this week which is why we we, yeah, we watched it well we it's certainly not new it's but not we haven't new, seen it before. but it came to our attention in a timely manner because as we know at the moment domestic violence is um on the rise because people are cooped up together yes. So, so do um, go and watch that. Those two really, yeah. Do, perhaps, perhaps give yourself. Perhaps don't, if you're in a bad mood, don't just. But if you're in a good mood, it'll bum you out. I don't know really how. <laughs> these are but both, it's only short though. So these are both sort of seventeen minutes over. Sort of serious, you know, mental health topics. Um, if anyone wants to make a short film that's funny <laughs> and happy, yeah, did they actually please let me exist? know. I suppose I suppose Thick as Thieves is funny, but that's a short film series, isn't yeah. it? It's not quite the same thing. Well, these these were both really good, and it's really like we're like we've already said, Brooke Vincent and Georgia Taylor, both in these different two different films, really good, really um, interesting to watch. I think Georgia Taylor in particular did a really excellent. She's so, so good. Um, yeah, we we'd seen clips of her on uh, Casualty, where she had similarly um, unhinged. Yeah. 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 So I think she draws from a bit of that maybe in this. Um, film. Well, I was just going to say, if you want to see short films that are not depressing, Omeletto is quite good. Also, go go to the cinema when when they're open and watch Pixar film. Because usually they've got, got brilliant little short films. No, I hate, them. I hate it. <laughs> Finally. Omeletto, Omeletto. Omeletto. Which is a series of, it's like a company that makes, and f- I think, I don't think they find short films, but I th- also think they make them. But there's loads of them. Do they have any Coronation Street actors? I haven't come them? across any. 
but it doesn't mean they don't. Mm. If you if you're a Coronation Street star and you've been in an omeletto short, let me know. If you've just been in a positive, happy, I think they, I think they feel hosted, good short film. I think know. they hosted some of Ben Price's short films. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because if you, we're really getting into short films recently, aren't we? We've got Live, we've got um, Ben Price's stuff, we've got this, we've got yeah, Taubman. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling like my, my my culture levels are going through I, the roof I, at the I moment. I feel like we could be a judge in one of these awards, you know. Because you, you only have to spend 10 minutes watching the <laughs> I know, that's easy, isn't it? I, mean, yeah. I can even follow the plot. I'm rubbish with most films. Anyway. Yeah, you can. That's the one good thing about it. You can follow the plot. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember your review of <laughs> It wasn't long enough to be boring. Yeah. <laughs> We're so cultured. <laughs> if I, when it gets released on DVD, that's going to be on the back, Trevor. Just see what it's like. Finally, if you've got between one and three thousand pounds burning a hole in your pocket and you and also a bare wall in your house then get yourself over to artplode.com because you can pick up for merely merely a tuppence plus two thousand nine hundred ninety nine pounds ninety eight pieces of art by ex-cory star conor mcintyre he played pat Phelan. he did he did and he is an artist and he went to his studio last year in the flesh very um i think they're great really really Oh, I love his style. Fascinating. Yeah, I know, but I also like... I like art, but I'm not very clever, so I can't have any comments. It's all kind of grid-based, isn't it, is what we learned from him. Yes, that's right. Very interesting. I said a few colours. things I don't. Nodded. I just can't start talking about art because I just end up sounding like a complete... He nodded and said complete... that, yes, yes, that's right, but I don't know if he was humouring me. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I, I haven't seen like any of purchase... his art on sale online before. No, this is the first... You can buy from the studio. From the Alamo. Um, yes. But you've got to go to Plymouth for that. And, uh, I don't think you don't can know that be government, government sanctioned. Um, but yes, you can buy it, buy it online. So there you go. Artplode.com. If you, you fancy some art. Conor McIntyre's lovely stuff. That's it for the cabin. Let's finish off this podcast with a bit of feedback. Welcome to the feedback section of the podcast. And we have got uh, the feedback from the Facebook group where the average score is... 3.5. For last week's episode, that is. Not a score for us. Uh, <laughs> I was even much lower. No, it's not. It's five because we got a new iTunes review this week, didn't we? Come to that yes. later. Give me some examples of things that people were scoring last week's episodes out of Gemma. Robin gave it 3.5 aloe vera applications following handcuffs. Very important. Andrew gave it three suspiciously old teenage <laughs> boys in inverted commas. <laughs> I like how you did the inverted commas gesture for the podcast. I did it for you, darling. Thank you. Fiona gave it, who's the winner? Yes. Three parties where Tracy pressed play on her tape recorder. Out of five. Out of five. Thank you, everybody that voted. Oh, can we just say before, um, we have watched also Colson Smith's um, Coronation Street. Yes. Things that make us happy. We forgot this week. to mention that in the feedback section. Every week. Oh, how many? This is the third. Three weeks. Three weeks in a row. My goodness. <laughs> Imagine doing that 415 times. <laughs> uh, Carlson Smith has presented another cracking episode of what things that make Coronation Street people happy which is basically promoting them on social media. <laughs> <laughs> including, uh, I thought, a good Chris Gascoigne potato, but Michael had a funny pun. Did I? What did I say? 
Crisp Gascoigne. Oh, Crisp Gascoigne, yeah. <laughs> Chop him up and fry him in oil and he's Crisp Gascoigne. There you go. Made Thanks me laugh, funny. It was, was funny when him. I said it, everybody. <laughs> and it had an interview with Matt Lucas. It did. I, and I still just don't talked know. about the baked potato song. And I still don't the Coulson thing. really know about why there's a potato, but I'm going to say I'm missing vital context. <laughs> so I'm happy to just let it continue. Yes. I love that Friday thing. Coulson's lovely. I know. Coulson is sort of the breakout star of the Corrie... Um, era at the moment isn't he oh he's lovely um he's don't, very for- nice guy. don't forget us colson or is it just a front it could be <laughs> don't forget that time we met each other colson and you said that you liked me ranting about you being told off for stopping in oh, traffic yeah. and I, I didn't know what you were talking about I but i just played that. along and nodded <laughs> we've don't. got that bond colson don't forget me when you're famous <laughs> we've also got an itunes review not also because i already mentioned it okay would you like to say more no <laughs> oh, we're just going to leave it at that, are I'm going to say, well, you can read it out. Oh, okay. Well, I'll read it out if you want. I'll read it out. So we've had a lovely review from Al Fangirl B on iTunes. A review, five star. Thank you very much. Um, I assume it's a girl. <laughs> Can't be too careful. <laughs> she says, this is a really good podcast and great for any Corey fan. I am fairly new to the fandom as I only started watching this Christmas, but I have listened to enough podcasts to know this is one of the best. I especially like how it is spoiler-free. That's important, yeah. That is one of our unique selling points, apparently. I like the idea that there's new people coming to watch Corrie and discovering Do you know what? Us. That really gives me... Um, that, that filled my heart to know that people are still going, hmm. That Coronation Street show. I hear that's a popular show. I might check that out and see what, <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. And also, I wonder if there's a podcast about it. I love all the new listeners and all the new viewers that decide to start watching Coronation Street. It is really no mean feat to dip your toes into a pool that is 60 years deep. It's a good job some new people have started um, <laughs> you have watching to, really. it. Because if the only people who are watching it now are the people that are around to watch episode one, they are... Uh... They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few left. There's a few left. I'm sorry. I apologise. Not long to go, though. <laughs> Shut up. I had, a, I had a cider. What have you had? Oh, dear. Right. <laughs> right. You can read our Rebecca's. Thank you. Thank you very much you for our reviews. We really appreciate the fact that we've had two new reviews this month. It was really great. If you can spare a moment, if in your terribly, don't pretend like you haven't got time. In your terribly busy lives to go off to. Even why don't you even make an iTunes account if you don't have one? Oh, you can do that. Yeah, you can. You don't even need an iPhone or anything. Just, just I don't know. It'd be really nice, and we would love you forever, and we'll read out what you say unless you're really horrible. No, sometimes we do read out the horrible ones, and then I, I like cry a bit. We do. We haven't had many we, horrible we've ones. We've had one. Have we? Yeah. That one, some... that one that, listen, I it burns, it's like an etching on my heart when someone says something mean about the podcast because that person said that we talked about Game of Thrones too much. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. <laughs> and I'll never forget. I'm I'm not made for fame. <laughs> we, we, we've got a couple of one and two star reviews in there as well. but Sneaky little, no little stealth reviews there. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca tweeted us about last week's Coronation Street and this is what she had to say. Go on, Rebecca. Enjoyed... I'm Michael. 
You read Rebecca's words to me. Enjoyed the party like you. <laughs> Enjoyed the party. You screwed it like, up. <laughs> Start Rebecca again. Here. Start again. Enjoyed the party. Like you said, it's a while yeah. since we had a storyline involving the teenagers. Although, like Michael said, it's making me feel really old. I know. And yes, Corey looks too old to be a teenager. Felt for Amy though. All she wanted was a pizza party and she ended up with a rave. Kelly is such a cow. I'm wondering if she'll end up with Corey. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I didn't think of that earlier. Maybe. Well, they can go off and be on another programme somewhere together. And yes, I'm predicting Ash's skin lightening will come back as well due to her self-confidence being knocked. I don't mind the new Ardy, but it made me laugh how he's been so quiet and how he's stealing vodka and throwing up. <laughs> also, I think Asha would strip as she's desperate to be liked. Leanne is doing my head in this week. Oh, yeah. Do you remember us ranting about Leanne last week? She didn't even show her face. She was too ashamed. She was. She was. She's like, oh, they don't like me on the, that podcast. I better bugger off. Leanne is doing my head <laughs> in this week. comes out whenever I decide. <laughs> I understand how she's worried about Oliver, but she doesn't have to be so nasty to Steve all the No. Time. Also, it's not like he abandoned Oliver for anyone. He went exactly. to his other child, Emma, and left Oliver with Summer. Exactly. I did smile at Amy asking Peter if he would adopt her, though. Oh. She'd be living in a pub now. She'd be back to where she started. I'm also intrigued as to why the solicitor's surname is Newton. I'm going to say... Just sloppiness. Again, I foresee more shouty Eliane this week. What you foresee wrong? Get your crystal ball polished, Rebecca. Rebecca is a is a gem and a saint. I shall hear no bad words about her. Okay. The still water stuff is dragging a bit now. <laughs> I haven't had a time Well, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> and Charles will probably... Um, win but then get disqualified leaving Ken as the winner almost no, they, they didn't well, even have him be disqualified they, they didn't even try to pull a fast one no even so if it is filler it is I'm ready for a break from this story you got one you're welcome Permanent. I'm assuming Johnny is the one in the wrong as he wants to run away so I'm stuck. that's what you said that's what I said anyway. yeah I did think Scott might have been the one who ran his wife over oh yeah. <gasps> ah. but why would Scott have said no hard feelings <laughs> No, Johnny is the hope I do. No hard feelings. You ran, you ran my wife over, but you know what? <laughs> what a bitch. No. Well, maybe Scott ran Johnny's wife over and then Johnny got his revenge back on him. By running his wife by, over. By running his wife and kid over. Oh. And he's like, no hard feelings. I did run your wife over first. Yes, it's all making sense now. I'm um, glad we sorted this out. <laughs> I did think Scott might have been the one who was over, but uh, now I'm thinking Johnny owes him some money. Oh. Either way, I hope we find out soon enough. Yeah. Although it is good to have Johnny and Jenny in a storyline. It's been too long. Too long. Although, why was Liz and Jenny so friendly after the whole trollop tracking fiasco? <laughs> They've all got memory of a fish. It's yeah, all that they do. booze they drink at the Rovers. Mm, the cider. Liz flirting didn't bother me too much as she needs a new guy to fawn over. I think Toya could be a good sales rep. And like you said, it brings her into a new mix of people. What's going on? Nothing. Also, Gemma is right. They did go for a take. Thank you very much. Many people have been in contact with me to let me know that I was in fact correct. I never miss a takeaway when it is offered to me. I will be there with my knife and fork or chopsticks in hand, ready to devour anything you put before me as long as it's not sweet and sour pork. Thank you. Continue, Michael. I'm also interested in Arthur's past. Now we know he did some protesting. It seems that Evelyn was small but cute. Finally, the Gemma and Chesney scenes were well done and Dolly did a good job. I also laughed at Bernie being described as that mad woman who burnt my chips <laughs> and revealing she took over Chesney's job at the kebab shop. I'm guessing the story will now be put to bed for a while yep. now that Gemma is being treated. Character of the week is for me, Amy, for trying to be a good friend to Asher. That's a good choice. And I felt sorry for her over the Ooh, party. Yeah. And I gave it three and a half 
Corey is cancelled. Corey is cancelled. Not Corey is cancelled. It's still got a few months left. Corey is cancelled. Right. Paul has written on the Facebook group about his thoughts about Coronation Street. He says, I'm not happy with this teen plague on the show at the moment, but I have just had a shudder at the thought of the situation in the next 10 years. Obviously, Ruby and Hope will be leading the pack and will be organising their own children of the corn feral gang with the quads, Oliver and Jake. Their first attack will be Stillwaters, which now houses Roy, Sally, Tim, Gail and Yasmin. Jack will probably be involved in a drugs hell storyline with possibly Abby as his pusher. <laughs> um, Amy will now own the factory and treat her staff like crap. Nina will own the pub and rename it the Bat Cave. Simon will be the street serial killer and Ardy and Asher will own the bistro, speed dial and Costa Coffee. But by then, Ardy will be on his fourth head and will have aged 20 years. Summer will still be looking for a plot. God, I should have read what? this. We're a spoiler-free <laughs> podcast and you just completely blasted the next 20 years out. What biting predictions, Paul? <laughs> I like them. Very funny. It does make me wonder which ones of the uh, current Corrie children will still be in it. It does make you think, doesn't it? Mm. There's a legacy in the offing, but who will survive? I like I like the idea of Nina being in charge of the Batcave, although it did make me think <laughs> that she should take over the pool hall. I can totally yeah. imagine her colonising the underground lair and turning it into some... <laughs> I can imagine her making it like an old school arcade bar. Yeah, that'd be good. Or like a board game bar, like you said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Thank you, Paul. Sometimes I do take things off the Facebook group when I particularly inspired by them. There's lots of good chats going on there. Don't forget, you can join our Facebook group, which is a secret group on Facebook. Don't tell anyone. We have our Facebook page, which you can be... Uh, you can like but you can also join our group which I think is very handy because you can write what you like on there and your weird friends that you've been forced to like by your family don't follow you there and ask you questions about why you're watching Coronation Street yeah, if you're embarrassed about your Corrie habit one don't be and two you can post there in secret yes it's a support group finally <laughs> we have just had a message come through on Instagram again from fangirl overload one, two, three. And this is what she has to say about this week's Coronation Street. It was a really interesting uh, to see more of the Asher story this week, especially as the focus is on characters my age. Interesting. Thank you for your feedback because we were just talking about. Oh, we were people. talking about young people. <laughs> you, you, young today. God, were you even around when the podcast started, Fang Girl <laughs> Overload? One, two, oh my three. God. You know what? There will be a point at which we'll be. Uh, uh, that's for the future. Well, we, we got a message from. Um, Morgan on Twitter this week, didn't we? We haven't heard enough. We haven't had any feedback from Morgan for a long time. But we posted our me at 20 oh. picture. And it was me on my 20th birthday and you spiking up my hair with gel and stuff. And, and Morgan wanted to check when that was taken because he might not have been alive at the time. Oh. But he was, fortunately. <laughs> Shut up, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> we love um, you, really. I've lost where I am now. You haven't even started Morgan's this. going to come and visit us when we're at Stillwaters. Yes, you can we find out our old age. <laughs> you want to be adopted. Morgan's an intelligent chap. <laughs> um, I, where am I? You're starting off this feedback. It was really interesting to yeah. see more of the Asher story yeah. this week, especially as the focus is on characters my age. Yeah. The Stillwaters story was slightly too predictable for me, however. I didn't imagine Ken and Claude, you're breaking up. Jeff really seems to have taken away all Yasmin's friends and external ties now, which is kind of worrying. Did yep. we find out how Johnny and Scott knew each other? No. Nope. No. Yes, we did. He read, They both ran over each other's wives. <laughs> it was one of those weird, random wife <laughs> um, 
hit and runs. <laughs> um, or am I just that unobservant? No. no, you're not. Finally, I kind of liked how the serious drama of the week was balanced out with comedy, i.e. Carla not being able to make a pint, David's comment to Max about other kids getting into trouble, and the Barlow McDonald family scenes on Wednesday. Yeah. Character of the week is Asher, and I give it three and a half cheap towels out of five. <laughs> Which is what you scored out of, isn't it? Well, I uh, then I had a backup. I had a backup. You, oh yeah, you did. You changed it after, didn't you? And that is it for our feedback. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Thank you for our feedback. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everybody who interacts with us on Twitter or emails us or reviews us or supports us on Patreon. We've got thank two you. new patrons this week. This, this is, is very exciting. A double whammy week. Yeah. So thank you very much to Andrew Morris. And Andrew's already been sending some feedback back on the. Um, bonus episodes because there have now eight of them um, including eight. this week's bonus episode which was all about our top five Corrie comebacks and it's really hard I had to do a lot of work so I hope you appreciate it hard to pick hard to rank once you'd pick well you know if you listen to it okay thank you Andrew thank you Shari for yes, both Shari Todd I didn't even say your name Shari Todd is also patrons patron. if you would like to um, <laughs> patronise us you can go to patreon.com slash conversation street probably and <laughs> that's and it she's right everybody different tiers and you can listen to exclusive content but the rest of the podcast is always free we always do two shows every week just for you and if you'd like to let us know what you thought about the show or coronation street or you want something to get onto Colson Smith's show and you don't know how, don't bother asking us, but you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find us online at conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can view us on oh, iTunes. Somebody, you could, somebody left us a comment on there the other day, didn't they? Yeah. Saying that they, they liked us. They like listening to us. Thank you. Thank you, that person. We appreciate it. We Yeah, Michael works really hard on this, so it's nice to get praise. You. You show up. I show up with my cider. You give yourself. You give. I your say, time. listen here. This is what I think about that. What a load <laughs> of old rubbish. <laughs> We've got Spotify. You can listen to us on Spotify. We've got a Facebook page and a Facebook group, and we also upload things to YouTube as well. Yes. Which also sometimes has exclusive intros if that's what you like. It is. It is. Um, if you want to hear everything we've ever said, and it's got some lovely little YouTube art that I make. Michael does. Photoshop Facebook covers. Not Facebook, YouTube. YouTube covers. <laughs> we should probably wrap this up. This week's YouTube character <laughs> profile we upload was of Albert Tatlock, which came from episode 106 of the podcast. So if you haven't been listening all that long and you want to know all about Albert Tatlock through your ears and not through your eyes, because to be honest, Corey Peter is pretty good at that kind of We've stuff. We've decided that YouTube then, is more of an audio vi- yeah. medium than a visual one. Yeah. You can go over, have a listen to that, and listen to us. We didn't really know what we were talking about, about Albert Tatlock, giving you his life story. But the good news is that we have um, invested in several um, courses to see if we can improve our speaking and um, camera presence so we can make YouTube videos, maybe. Oh, yeah, we have, haven't we? Who knows? We haven't done them yet, but we've, we haven't done we anything. Them. We just bought them. Anyway, I, I fear it. that we're waffling, my right, darling. Right, come on, shut up then. Let's go. Bye. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye.